This is Jocko Podcast number 157 with Echo Charles and me, Jocko Willink. Good evening, Echo. Good evening. I was in a SEAL platoon serving as the assistant platoon commander in the late 90s. You know what that means? Yes. No war going on. That's what it means. So we were training. We were training hard, and this platoon that I was in at the time, we were going through urban training, urban combat training. And we were pretty far along in the training, and we were starting to get our our simunition, which is like fake bullets, our simunition and paintball wars on, Mm. force-on-force training. And we were doing... um, like multi-day operations. So almost like a scenario, like you've got a full scenario going on. Like there's bad guys in the city. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's the concrete city, the fake city with concrete buildings that are pretty much just the shells of buildings. And we're going against OP4 SEALs. We call them OP4. That stands for opposing force. So the opposing force, there are other SEALs who are role players pretending to be bad guys. They know our tactics. They know our techniques. They know our procedures. And on this particular day, they had captured one of our SEALs from our platoon, Mm. the bad guys, the role players. Was that part of the scenario or just? They made it part of the scenario. Got it. So whatever they did, they caused confusion. They caused mayhem. They end up with one of our guys. Got it. Okay. Just on their own, though, that wasn't part of the overall training. Well, it is. You know, when I was running training. We always did that too. So it's just a long-standing kind of hey, if you can capture one of the seals, gotcha. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, okay. it's like never leave a man behind. Right. Let's get him we'll, to leave a man. Behind. Right. Let's we'll capture see about that one. So at this point, like I said, they had they had captured, and I don't remember exactly, but they'd captured one of our guys, and they had him in a building, and it was a big, a pretty big building, like a pretty big but rectangular type building, five stories maybe. Maybe it's four stories, but anyways, they had him. They didn't have him in the top floor, but they had him in like the the floor below the top floor. So he's either on the third floor or the fourth floor. I forget. But they have the guy in there, and remember, this is not. There's no power in the city, and it's the city is out in the middle of nowhere. Mm. It's a fake city, so you can hear everything, mm. right? Kind, you can pretty much hear what's going on. So they have our guy and they're like torturing him, mock torturing him. Mm -hmm. And of course they're up there telling him like scream, you know, scream louder. And he's yelling and yet you know that they're feeding him what to yell to try and get us all riled up. They're, they're, he's screaming, they're going to kill me. They're going to violate me. He's (laughs) screaming. (laughs) So they're having a good time with it. And so our standard operating procedure is like, oh, you know what? Okay, so there's a building needs to be cleared. We go and we clear the whole building. We start on the ground floor. We clear every room. Then we go up to the next floor. We clear every room. We go up to the next floor. And that means that there's not going to be any bad guys that get get into your train. Mm. There's not going to be any bad guys in between your force, which can cause a blue on blue. So when you're going to clear every room, that means you're going to move down these hallways and you're going to go from the bottom to the top. And that's that's kind of the plan, right? Mm-hmm. Sort of normal. And like I said, we, we knew where they were, so we immediately went, okay, we got to come up with a plan. We got okay, to save our guy. Yeah. We're all fired up. Yeah. And as we were, were doing this, you know, the, the standard plan come up. Like, okay, we'll go in this east door and we'll clear the first floor in the second, but we won't get to them, you know? And as I'm sitting there kind of listening to this, I, I just said, hey, no, let's do this instead. Let's just sneak up to the building. Because you can get to the building behind other buildings. You could find a little sneaky way to get there. I'm like, let's sneak up in the dead space. 
Mm-hmm. Dead space is areas where the enemy can't see you or where you can't see the enemy. It's just areas where there's no vi- line of sight. Mm. I said, let's let's go. And there was external stairs, like a fire escape on the outside. of I said, let's go straight to the to the floor he's on. We won't clear any of the other floors. We won't clear any of the rooms. We'll just go right in the hall. We'll go directly to where he's at. Mm. And that was the plan. So we did it. And... um yeah, and the thing was, it was, it was, we weren't. That was a kind of a new idea, right? Like, hey, let's do. This. I'm not, I'm, dude. Believe me, I'm not saying I'm the first guy that ever thought this. I'm not. I'm just saying sure. our mindset at that moment was, yeah. hey, this is what we're being trained to do. We'll do what we're trained to do. So, yeah. for anyone that's listening, for any of my team guy brothers that are like, you didn't think I'm not saying I thought of it. I'm mm-hmm. saying at that moment in time, we were focused on doing it one way, and I said, hey, let's do something a little bit different. And and then once I said it, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, because there was like. Everyone knew that was the right answer, right? But mm-hmm. you just had to have that different look at it for a moment. And so we did it. We went to the external stairwell and we went up really quiet. That was the other thing. We were like, we're not going to say, because you know when you're in a room, you call it clear and you say next room and all this other stuff. Mm. We weren't going to say anything. Mm. We are just going to stay quiet. So we went all the way up the stairs really quietly. We walk in and we could hear him, hear him yelling out the window like, Comedy, you better get him quick and all this stuff. And then we go into the room silently and shoot all the op four in the back <laughs> we killed them all and mm-hmm. we saved our hostage and there was one there was one seal cadre who we gave the and i'm not going to give his actual nickname but his nickname was along the lines of simmy jimmy because simunition was was simunition what we used mm-hmm. and simmy jimmy was really good at being a bad guy <laughs> and good. so and he would laugh at us mm-hmm. you know we'd be moving through a building and you could hear him like <laughs> Yeah. If he shot you in the neck, and he'd be aiming for your neck yeah. or your nuts, like yeah, he was gonna, gonna get, get you. He was yeah. having a good time with it, <laughs> and that's what you want. You know, you want your guys to guard. So, yeah. Simmy Jimmy, we but we got this moment with Simmy Jimmy. Shot him in the back, mm. and they were, you know, they were stoked. You know, you could see even though they want to win and they want to beat us, but they're still stoked. He wasn't cackling. He was, you know, he was stoked on it. And so they died. We saved our guy. So my point in this is that <clears throat> sometimes you have to do things that the enemy's not gonna expect, that people aren't gonna expect, that your competitor's not gonna expect. The hard part about doing that, it isn't actually doing the thing that they don't expect, right? It's, because like I said, other, this is not, what I what I said to do wasn't this, you know, miraculous eureka moment of tactical genius, it wasn't that. This was a, anyone that would have taken a step back would have said like, that's a good call, let's do that instead. But we were all wrapped up in that situation. And so you wanna learn how to do that. You wanna learn how to, and again, it's about detaching, but a couple things that'll help you with that. One is don't be the person that's planning everything. Mm-hmm. Don't be the person, and and it's hard, especially when we talk about extreme ownership. Like, And everyone wants to be a leader and they wanna step up. Don't try not to be the guy that comes up with every plan. Literally try not to be that guy. Now, are there times when you're a lower member where you want to like step up and come up with a plan? Yeah, I'm talking about when you're in an actual leadership position. When you're a junior and you're you're trying to learn and you're trying to bring forth ideas, yeah, man, come up with some plans, you know, shoot that idea up because you're throwing out good ideas that are going to get bounced off the boss. But when you're the guy that's in charge, try not to be the guy that plans everything. Try not to be the guy that makes every single call. Let the subordinates plan or let the superiors plan. Let other people come up with plans. Now, are there situations where like there's you got to make calls? Of course there are. There's a dichotomy, right? Mm-hmm. 
But in that particular situation, I didn't feel the need that I had to be the guy that came up with the plan. Like, let other people do that. And you know, if someone else had come up with that, come up with that standard plan, and it was, and I hadn't like detached, I would have been like, okay, cool, that's what we're doing. We're you know, we're going forward, mm-hmm. you know. But you you have to allow other people to come up with plans. The other thing is recognize that the the way that you know of doing something might not fit. You might not know everything. Yeah. It's it's a good thing to always think to yourself you might not know everything. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's a mm-hmm. good idea to have in your mind. Yeah. Or is that what I know yeah. might not work? That's something else. Yeah. What I know might not work. That's another really smart thing to constantly replay in your head. Hey, what I know might not work. Mm. That's a, then, you know, so that that means you got to have an open mind. And then you got to remember of course that rules sometimes you have to break rules. You have to be very judicious when you decide you're going to break rules. And there's some principles that that you cannot violate without massive reason, without a massively heavy reason and a way to mitigate the risks of breaking whatever those fundamental rules are, like cover and move. Like there, cover and move. You should never violate cover and move, ever. Except for when it just right. makes sense that you need to violate it. So that and that story right there kind of leads into the first question of Q and A, which we haven't had Q and Q and A in a while. And the first question is, uh, well, go ahead. First question. First question. You rec- you recently said Hackworth was a rule follower most of his career, but in About Face, the book. He always talks about how he went against his commander's rules. How do you play the game, but also act like Hackworth? Yeah, and so this is a classic example of the dichotomy of leadership with regard to obeying rules. And and Hackworth absolutely obeyed the rules, and he obeyed them to the to the extreme sometimes. If you remember in the book, he 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 worked in situations where he they were like the strictest. In garrison, so like not in combat, just in garrison, he would everything's perfect, uniform. If you remember when General Mukiyama was on, and we talked to we talked to him about meeting Hack for the first time, mm-hmm. and you know I was kind of like, what was he like? And he was like, oh, he was high and tight, haircut, totally squared away. That's following the rules to mm-hmm. a T. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that he played, he definitely played. He played the game. Mm-hmm. Hackworth played the game. He developed with. He developed relationships with, with people that were senior to him, people that were influential. SLA Marshall, who he went on tour with, if you remember, through Vietnam. And SLA Marshall, he didn't really even respect, but SLA Marshall had such big influence that he said, hey, you know what? How can yeah. I become bros with this guy? Yeah. He played the game because Marshall had influence. And he even took some hits, you know, took a little f- frag for, for, for SLA Marshall. Mm. But at the same time, if his troops weren't getting the right treatment that they needed, he would do what he needed to do. He would break rules to take care of them if he had to. And at the same time, he would follow the rules to a T. If you remember when he took over the battalion in Vietnam, the hopeless, and wanted to turn them into the hardcore, he brought all their crap into the middle of the thing and said, we're going to fly it out of here. No more radios, no more guitars, none of this other stuff. You're getting it out. So that's like following the rules to a T. Mm. 
But at the same time, if he needed to like steal food for them or steak or something to get up, he would do that stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's constantly balancing that economy. Another thing he did is he he took these administrative jobs that he hated in order to rise through the ranks, in order to become to get to get places to develop relationships so so he could have more influence. He was assigned to the Pentagon. He he in the book he talks about the Pentagon being working in the Pentagon being a claustrophobic hole no more than 20 by 20 feet with 15 other people in it. <laughs> and he talks about how he said you'd he'd say your paper your in inbox would be filled when you showed up and you'd immediately the phone would be ringing you'd be talking to people all over the world via, if all the people in Vietnam they're calling you at their their time zone. And so he didn't like this job, but guess what? Got the highest possible evaluations when he left. Why? Because he played the game. And he built these relationships with with all these colonels and all these generals and all these people that had influenced his Glover Johns and Pearson and countless others by doing what he needed to do. And then when he needed to, he broke he broke the rules. And sometimes he went a little too far with breaking the rules. And when he when he got out when they kind of drove him out after he did the big interview where he said hey we're not going to win they went and drilled down into his camps and looked at the things that he had going on there said oh you you're allowing this to happen you're allowing this to happen so he left himself a little bit vulnerable by breaking the rules a little bit too much so the a rule to learn from that is like don't do things that people can hold over you and for me the things that people can hold over you are things where you can't stand up and say, yes, that's what I did. Mm. Yes, that's what I did. Hey, my guys didn't hadn't had a good meal in four weeks. They've been in the field for three of those weeks. And when they came out, guess what? I I figured out a way to get some steak. Mm-hmm. And I took it from the rear and I had it flown up using mil- using our helicopters. And I had a yep, that's what I did. And if you mm-hmm. wanna you wanna drop the hammer on me for that, got it. Yeah. Now, if you do that, that's cool. But there's some things where you break the rules where maybe you wouldn't be able to stand up tall and proud and say, this is what I did and this is why I did it. Mm. So you want to be careful that you don't do things that will allow people to hold things over your head. And for me, things things like that are things that you can't stand up with your chest out and say, this is what I did and this is why I do it. I know it wasn't within the regulations. This is what I did, this is why I do it. And if I get fired because of that, understood, Mm. check. Now, here's where you get a little, here's where we can can question hack, Mm. for sure. Let me ask you this. If hack would have because okay, so he he didn't play the game. At the end, he didn't play the game. He went on an interview and said, "Hey, we're not going to win the war. Not the way we're fighting. We're not going to win the war." Within a few weeks, he was driven out of the army. Mm-hmm. He didn't play the game at that moment, right? Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this: If he would have played the game just a little bit, just said, "Look, we need to change our strategy." If we're, you know what I mean? If he would have mm-hmm. just, and then he would have stayed in. And then he would have perhaps gotten a promotion and got perhaps gotten to a position where he actually had influence over the way the war was being fought. Mm. If he had done that, would he have been better off? Would he have been able to better help the situation? Because I don't know, once they drove him out, it's not like that interview. Well, I don't know. We'd have to check the 
check the historical sort of results of that interview, it certainly started to sway public opinion. And maybe that, you know, maybe in his mind, hey, I need to tell everyone what's going on so we can get out of here. Right. Right. So maybe, mm. maybe that was the intention. Maybe that was the result. Maybe that helped shut down the war eventually. Mm. But maybe if he would have played, continued to play the game, he could have gotten to a position where he had more, even more influence and could have changed the way the war was being fought. Mm. I don't know. I'm sure we could have a long debate uh, about that. Mm. But that's, as a leader, something that you are going to have to weigh out all the time. Mm. And there's situations where, uh, and actually breaking news today, General Mattis just put in his resignation for being Secretary of Defense. So is, that's, we're gonna have to talk about that when I get a little more information on it. Mm. Is that him saying, look, I it's gonna be better for me to make this statement by leaving? Mm. Or, would he have been better off staying there where he can at least still have a massive amount of influence because he's the Secretary of Defense? Mm-hmm. We'll have to drill down on that one. That's a hmm. that's a good question. Both those are good questions. And the bottom line is, um, if you haven't read About Face, read it and learn from a guy named Colonel David Hackworth. Mm-hmm. Next question. Next question. So the answer to that question was sort of another question. Kind of a question you got to ask yourself. Yes, and that's a question, and I've talked about this, where if I tell you, Echo, hey, Echo, I want you to do this mission, I want you to do it this way, take your platoon and go do it, and you disagree with what I'm telling you, and you just say, hey, boss, I don't want to do it that way, and I said, hey, you shut up and do what I told you to do, and you go, you know what? You can fire me, but I'm not doing it. I go, okay, fine, you're fired, and I get knucklehead over here, who's Mm. a yes man, it comes in, and I tell him to go do the mission the way I told him to do it, and he goes and doesn't, gets everyone killed. Mm. Would it have been better off if you said, okay, boss, I get it. I'll do it your way. Here's some things I'd really like to not do. Mm. And you go, no, I said, no, shut up. And then you take your guys, you mitigate everything that you can. Actually, there's an example of this in Band of Brothers where Major Winters is being told, hey, send a reconnaissance element across the river again tonight. Mm. And he doesn't want to do it. The, The war's almost over. They had taken some casualties, I think, the night before when they did the same type of operation, and he just says, got it, boss. And then the guys go, and they sit in the, they they pretend to go out, but they really just sit in the basement of a building on their side of the river. Mm. And then later on, they say, yep, we went, we came back, we didn't find anything. Okay, cool. There's a perfect example. Mm. Imagine if, if Major Winters, Dick Winters, was like, we're not doing it. And now you get in an ego contest with the colonel yeah, who's like, yeah. oh, yes, you are. No, we're not. Okay, fine. You're fired. Let me get knucklehead over here yeah, who's yeah. going to do what I told him to do, who's a total yes man. And now we take that risk and guys get killed. So so who is it? There's a, there's a, Dick Winters played the game. Yeah. He played the game so he could still have that influence and power yeah. and, and still protect his guys. Can get complex, yeah. It's it's very that's why leadership is hard. Yes. It's it's weird though, because when you say it's complex, when you say leadership is hard, at the same time, like you if you're a principled human being and you have principles and you know what's right and you're doing the right thing for the right reason, the decisions are actually usually a little easier. Clear, like yeah. Cl- clearer. Yeah, yeah, they might not be easy, but they're clearer. Mm. Like I know what I'm supposed to do here. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. I I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure this one out. Yeah. And w- this this I think applies to to most scenarios where 
like if you think of the big picture where if you're like hey i'm gonna consider myself after everything's gonna be said and done you know it yes. kind of goes along with what you said like oh can you stand can you up stand and up? be proud you, you, if you consider okay look back you're gonna because there, there's gonna come a point where you're gonna look back on this and you're gonna feel the way you're gonna feel right now but later on how are you gonna feel about like how you handled it yeah, you know what sure. decision you made and how you it's made a good it. thing to tell kids too yeah. like would you if you're if you're at a party yeah. or you're wherever and something's going on would you be proud to stand up and be hey here was the situation yeah and I this is what I did and this is why I did it yeah. if you can't Maybe you should really reconsider what your actions are going to be. No, man. Because a lot of the time, shoot, especially as a kid, as an adult, too. A lot of the time, it's like they're literally the opposite decision. You yeah. know, like, especially if it's one of those, like, go along with the crowd kind of scenarios, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, oh, yeah, it's easy to go along there. And when you're a kid, especially when it involves drinking and stuff, sometimes there's there's really no consequence. You know, whatever, you did something yeah. dumb, no one gets hurt or dies or nothing like that. Yeah. But every once in a while, there is. But so it's like, it makes it harder because you don't... Like when you go do something, I don't know, dumb, I don't know, go jump off a bridge, I don't know, something, drink and drive or whatever, and no one dies or no one, nothing big happens, it sort of reinforces that maybe it might be okay. You know, you maybe yeah. be able to slide with this behavior a little bit, you know? Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, yeah, if you can clearly see that big picture where in the future you're going to be looking back on how you handled it. Yeah. Uh, here's another thing, same concept I used to tell, I told my guys was, you just might as well act like CNN is recording what you're doing and it's yeah. going to be on CNN. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's so if you want to act like an idiot, guess what? It's going to be on CNN because someone's got a camera somewhere around there. Yeah. And you might as well be saying that today as a kid, as a teenager. Yeah. You might as well be saying, yep, this is this is the next viral video. This yeah. is my 15 minutes of fame <laughs> is going to be me doing whatever I'm doing whatever right here. About to do. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. got to watch out for that. Learn from hack. Learn from hack. Next question. Jocko, I struggle with receiving banter from other guys. Banter. Okay. I'm naturally a sensitive guy, which lends myself to take normal smack talk from other guys personally. I'm trying to get after it. I wake up early. I work out, eat healthy, work pretty hard, but still seem to have some deep-seated insecurities, which flare up when guys give me stick. I have some bloody good mates, and I want to get to the point where I can take smack talk for what it is and even give a bit of stick back to the guys. What can I do to help this? Here's one thing that you can try to get into your brain. And this is one of those things that's hard to get into your brain. And it's even harder to actually get it in your brain and functionally use this thought. Here's the thought. The more, okay, if you're if you're paranoid about something, if you're insecure about something, mm-hmm. the more you let things bother you, the more insecure you will appear. Mm. <laughs> let me say that again. The more you let things bother you, the more insecure you're going to appear. And the worse, whatever that thing that you're worried about, whatever that thing that makes you feel insecure, the worse it's going to appear to everyone else. So if you got a big nose and you're embarrassed because you got a big nose and every time someone says something about your big nose, you get mad and you get offended, Mm -hmm. that big nose grows even bigger. (laughs) (laughs) So think about that. If there's something that bothers you and you let it be known and you let it bother you, 
the worse it's going to get. And, and and also think about this. Another thing that will help. These are things I'm trying to help mm. help uh, sort of smooth the edges of insecurity. Here's another one. People, even though you think, even though you think they are, and it's kind of egotistical to think this, but we all do it. People aren't sitting around and thinking about you and your weaknesses. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're not that. sitting around and thinking about you and your weaknesses. They're not. Like, that's your ego telling you that. So, don't sit there and think everyone's looking at your big nose all the time. They don't care. Yeah. They got their other problems. They got their own life going on. Yeah. They don't care about your big nose. No, they don't. They, you know what makes them care about it? When they know if they say something to you, it bothers you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing they're going to think when they see you again. You're like, oh, yeah. here comes the good time. Some fun. Right now. And here's another thing. If you want to kind of mitigate that, man, do what, do what Mark does in Way of the Warrior Kid. When Uncle Jake says, hey, if you're getting made fun of, because in, in Way of the Warrior Kid, call him plate face. Yeah. Saying, Mark, oh, you got a round. This guy, Nathan James, is telling Mark, oh, you got a round face. You look like a plate. He calls him plate face. That's his insult. That's his, insults him all the time. And it bothers him. Because yeah, he's looking in the mirror going, wait, I look, do I look like a plate? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Let's it bother him. And Uncle Jake says, hey, go go make fun of yourself. Yeah. And he finally gets a chance. He does a, they're in a, a class and they have to do a self-portrait. And he draws himself as a plate, a plate face. Yeah. And when the kid that's been making fun of it sees it, he laughs and then. Guess what? Doesn't make fun of him anymore about it because yeah. he realizes it doesn't bother. And they kind of bond a little bit. And they kind of bond a little bit. Which is actually what he's going for in this question. That is, yeah, yeah. So you got to, and it's, it's this is what, that's why I said it's hard to do this mm-hmm. because when you're insecure about your big nose or you're insecure about your big ears or mm-hmm. whatever, and you let people know that, or mm-hmm. you just think it's in your brain. Yeah. You think if you say something, well, it's going to get even worse. It won't get worse. Yeah. It might get worse for an uptick for a second, right? It might. You make fun of yourself. You know, people are like, oh, yeah, that's right. I didn't notice that. You do it. Yeah. But then it'll kind of, no one really cares. And that's why in the teams, in the teams, you never let anyone know that something bothers you. Yeah. <laughs> or if they know it bothers you, you're going to hear about it forever. Yeah. That's just going to be how. That's just how. <laughs> that's just the way it's going to be. <laughs> and what that means, the polar opposite of that or the flip side of that is it's not fun to harass some, it's not fun to harass someone about something that doesn't bother them. It's not even fun. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's not fun. Yeah. Why would you harass someone when they don't get it you, when you don't even get a rise out of them? Yeah. It's not fun. Mm-hmm. You just leave that thing, you look for something else. Yeah. So poke a little fun at yourself. These guys are going to back off cuz they're bored if you show no reaction. And like you said, that that kind of self-deprecating humor will form a little bond. Yeah. You can uh, give a little stick back to the guys. If you start giving stick to guys, be ready to take it back, though. Yeah. And They're going to escalate. Yeah. And the, <laughs> that's just how, I mean, I grew, grew up with two brothers, mm-hmm. uh, one twin brother, and that's like, a, like that's literally the foundation of our relationship. <laughs> it's just you tease the other guy about yeah. something. Li- everything. Like, mm-hmm. you, he can come in with a new shirt on. That's a seal platoon. Yeah, like everything. Oh, we'll be like, oh, new shirt. Oh, you know, like it's not even something to tease someone. Do they about. sell men's shirts where you bought that? <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's literally that's a, it's so bad to the point where when um when when I got with my current wife when we were when we started dating or whatever, mm-hmm. like it's just habit, you know. Like even you, like same thing, you know. Like you'll you'll give me crap, I'll give you crap, mm-hmm. whatever. But it's so common that I do it to her. Oh yeah, yeah, and. 
you know at first she's, she's like oh what like what why are you teasing me so much yeah. like you're because i knew her even before we were together i knew her for years actually and he's like hey, kind of annoying you know he's like teases or whatever and i had to like reel it back Put yourself in check yeah, yeah because that because that is so so much of, of how yeah. guys do it yeah. you know uh 100 and i've told this story before when i got when i was going to college and i wasn't around team guys all day and i started mm-hmm. doing the team guy thing with my wife and after like <laughs> yeah, three yeah, months, yeah, 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 yeah she's like, "Hey, I'm not in the teams, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so yeah. you can be quiet now." And I was yeah. like, "Wow, she's right," and yeah. I didn't even realize it because that's just you know that's all day just, long you show up in a, you show up in the platoon space and it's verbal sparring. Yeah, as soon as you walk through the door, yep. somebody's gonna say something. It, yeah. They're gonna bring it. And what's interesting is how he's how he's like, "I want to get to the point where you know he he can smack talk." With thing is. I would agree with this, probably even 110%, which is hard to agree 110%, but I, I feel this did. way probably stronger than him. Like, you ever been around someone who, like, you just can't really joke around with? Like, yeah. I'm not I'm not the yes, kind of guy totally. who I'll tease someone and try to, like, totally. make them, you know, especially if I don't know them good or whatever, but... um. The, but if you're around someone who like can't really take it, you can't yeah. joke around with them. It's like, man, I don't want that guy to be there, man. So I, I wish he just wasn't. You know, yeah. I'm not mad at him, but I just I don't want to hang around with that guy. You don't want to be that guy. No. So I, even if like, especially at first, like let's say, okay, I'm I'm this guy right here. The worst right? is someone that can dish it out but can't take it. Yeah, but what do you mean? Yeah, that it, is the worst. It's I don't I would I, the only reason I wouldn't say he's the worst is because What's worse if, than that? if he's dishing it out. And he can't take it. It's kind of you get a payoff of teasing the guy. I'm true, saying, true. If, let's say he doesn't dish it out. Let's say he's just a guy you just can't joke around with. It's like, man, you're making me uncomfortable yeah. kind of thing. You know, but if this guy, because you. That's it, a good point. If it's, yeah. If Although it, it is annoying when people can't take it. Oh, yeah. And you it make is, a yes, joke sir. and they get yes. all fired up and, they, and then yeah. they're like actually mad. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's not that is fun. annoying. Yeah. That's well. That's how you end up with people that aren't really your friends. Aren't Those really your, aren't friends. your friends. Yes, exactly right. So, but yes, yes. So you get there, man. I, I say get there. And at first, just and you kind of made it really clear to me um, how you know when you make a change or something, yeah. it's not going to whoop boom. You're yeah, off to the yeah, races yeah, yeah, with yeah. the change going yeah. full speed. You know what do you say? Low drag. What High, speed, like? low drag. High speed, low drag. It's not going to be like that right at first, especially with this kind of stuff. If you if you already know you're insecure. Yeah. Which is a, a big step ahead, by the way. Some people, they're like, I'm not insecure. And meanwhile, they're well, He's admitting about, it. They know yeah. it, but they just don't admit it. Yeah. So this guy, he knows so. But you're going to feel it, man. When they call you, bit, you know, whatever they're calling you, whatever. Um, you're going to sort of feel it on the inside still. But just don't behave, you know, in yeah. a way. Just be like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what to do. There's plenty of things to do. But yeah, man, you do want to get there. 100%. Yeah. Check. Next question. Next question. Number three, sorry. How do you deal with ultimatums from customers, bosses, etc. that are unrealistic due to the nature of the situation and the ultimatum? What I'm going to do with ultimatums is I am going to tell the truth about the situation to them. But first, I'm going to tell the truth about the situation to myself. Mm. Because you got to look at the situation and say to yourself, is this truly unattainable? Like truly unattainable. And and sometimes, even though it seems truly unattainable, but then when you actually think about it, you realize, oh, I could attain this. I can make this happen. I'm going to have to sacrifice whatever to make it happen. I'm going to have to, to co- it's going to cost me or the team or the company something in order to make it happen. Like, oh, you want that done? You want that? You want that 
project done by you know the 15th, cool, we'll get it done. Uh, but here's what we're not gonna be able to do. Or here's what I'm not gonna be able to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm also gonna make sure that I pressure test the ultimatum against me giving the absolute full measure of effort, right? Like how if I go 110%, right? Sure. Not even 100%, beyond. You're gonna give everything you can. Is it achievable? Because a lot of times people, oh, it's an ultimatum, can't make it. Well, as a member of a team, I want people's attitude to be like, you know what? We're gonna do it. Mm. We're gonna get it done. No one else will be able to do this, but we're gonna do it. Watch. That's that's I like saying that sometimes. Watch. Watch. <laughs> I used to say, "Watch me work." Yeah, yeah I where I got that. it from. Some really. <laughs> <laughs> so then, okay. So now you truly, you tell yourself the truth about the situation. Mm. You figure out that there's truly under no circumstances that this is possible then it's my time to tell them the truth, which is like, listen, and I'll get my data together, I'll get my information together, I'll explain to them what, you know, what, why I can't, I'm not gonna be able to physically get this done. It's physically not possible. Mm. And then, you know, what the shortfalls are gonna be. Now, and once I explain that to them, if they're they're completely unwavering, because if you explain everything and you put your data together and you say, look, the bottom line is to, to, to assemble this many pieces by our best two people on the team, mm-hmm. it takes them an hour each, and you want us to assemble 14 of them in three hours, it is not possible for us to do that. Mm. And even if you gave me more people, it doesn't matter, they don't know how to do that. So mm. it can't be done, I need at least whatever, mm-hmm. six hours with those, whatever, whatever it is. If they're unwilling to, to waver on the ultimatum at all, like no, Go, you need to get it done, you need to get it done. Well then what I'm gonna do? Okay, I'm gonna try my hardest. Yeah. I'm gonna buckle down, I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna see how much, how close I can get to achieving the goal. I'm gonna have fun, I'm gonna go so hard that it's gonna get nuts. Like we're gonna get it done. Yeah. And then when, if we fall short, which we will because I f- figured out there's no physical, humanly possible way to make this happen. Then what I'm gonna do is I will go to them and I'll explain the things that I am going to do differently next time in order to meet their goals, right? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say, listen, you know what? I I should have asked you earlier if this was a possible thing and I should have had a backup plan, so here's what I'm putting into place now to make sure this doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, I am going to need more manpower so that if we run into this again, I've got the people. It's my fault for not staffing us up correctly. Or, I need to pay more attention to what's happening in the future so that I can have a better aware, I have better awareness of when this type of situation will unfold so I can have my team prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Or, these complexities that happened, I didn't explain to them I didn't explain them to you well enough. Mm-hmm. And so if you understood, if I do a better job of making you understand the difficulties of making this happen, hopefully you'll realize that there's that's more time is needed. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna go in there and throw up my arms and say, see, I told you so. Yeah. You were stupid, mm-hmm. I was right. Because then that's just sabotage too. Now they don't believe you anyways. Yeah. Now when you say, yeah. well, we, we couldn't get it done. See, like I told you, I told you we needed more time. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, of course you, you, you know, you, you, you went into it thinking you're gonna fail, and guess yeah. what? A self-fulfilling prophecy, good job. It. Yeah. Good job, you proved yourself to be right, loser. Yeah. Demoted. 
<laughs> and that's what I do. Up and down the chain, by the way. You know, ultimatums can come up and down the chain of command. Hold a line. Do your best. That's what you do. Yeah, that that seems... And tell the truth. It all starts yeah. with telling the truth. Yeah. To yourself. Yeah. And then to your people that you're trying to... Customer. Yeah. You know, client. I want this foundation poured by such and such a date. Yeah. Hey, we... We will do our best. Here's the shortfalls. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. Like, that's the way it is. Yeah, and that's a big one. Yeah, like, where... I, kind of learn this from you where it's because you can like to, to tell you like oh hey i can't this can't be done like you kind of you get to the point in your mind where you're like we both know it can be done but i'm just you know given my current rest and sleep schedule and you know i got this show i like to watch at night that'll kind of you know it's like that kind of situation hawaii 5 out <laughs> yeah. we don't want to miss that one exactly so it it, it kind of shapes up to be like that you know yeah. where it's like For look, sure. we both know and I don't know, you know, like if, if there's a boss who's like just grinding someone into the ground, okay, that's a whole different scenario. But yeah, at the end of the day, like if you're truthful and it's like, hey, get this done or you're fired kind of thing. And then you start with the truth that you say, you'd be like, can I get it done? And then you really think, let's say like you were going to die or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You could get it done yeah. a lot of the time. I'm a not saying, I'm not saying yeah. all the time. Of course. Of course. The amount of times in my naval career, let's call it when I was in the Navy, that guys said to me like we can't do it i i can't even remember times like because guys yeah. guys just be looking at me like, <laughs> like damn well, like i know yeah, we gotta, oh. yeah yeah they wouldn't be like well i don't know jocko i'd be like hey look here's what we got to get done yeah think we can do it and they'd be like yep <laughs> good because we're about to go get some but yeah and you know obviously a situation some situations are more like more serious you know like you're not gonna I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. You know, but yeah, that telling the truth thing. Tell the truth. Yeah. I I do speak from a position of luxury where I have the truth reflected at me pretty <laughs> accurately on a pretty uh, regular basis. So I'm not saying it's that easy to tell the truth, but if you just try hard, try genuine. You got to be genuine, right? Genuinely be like, yes, this is true about myself. <laughs> do it. Check. Next question. Question from the next podcast Is your wife disciplined? How do you navigate a potential mismatch between you two? What about when family non-discipline costs you unexpected time and energy <laughs> taken from your goals? Family non-discipline. Yeah, yeah, what? Like my family's not being disciplined. Yeah. Not on board or whatever. Yeah, they're not on board with the program. My wife is, she runs a tight ship and is disciplined in a little bit of a different way than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's not the same as me. And if that were to cause some kind of a conflict between us, well, then that's my fault for not communicating with her and allowing her to understand my perspective and understanding her perspective. So, for instance, what, what's the situation, right? Oh, my wife wants me, you know, she wants to spend time with me in the morning, whatever, right? What do you do, wake up early and work out? Before she's awake, you're working out. It's not her fault. It's not her fault. It's my fault. (laughs) Well, what about when, oh, I really want to eat dinner with you at night. Okay, cool. I'll eat dinner with you and I'll stay up later at night so that I can get my work done. And that's fine. You go to bed. That's not, that's not, that's not my response. That's not your responsibility. That's my responsibility. Mm 
Mm-hmm. It's not your responsibility to mold your life around my whole life, right? Mm-hmm. That's not that's that's not the way it is. And by the way, when the family is doing something that is taking away, what does he say, my energy? Taking away my energy and taking away my time, then I fix that problem. And when I say that I fix the problem, I don't mean I fix them. Yeah. I don't mean that I impose my discipline on them. Yeah. I, it might involve some adjustments or some attempts to get adjustments, but I'm not, be this really simple. I don't blame my family when things don't go right. I couldn't work out today because my kid was sick. (laughs) My daughter spilled the milk and I was it's like, hey, this is the same. This is just about ownership. Like if you just want to blame your family when you're weak or you make a mistake or you didn't organize or you didn't explain to people correctly, then that's the way it is. I can say this too. Your family is not you. Your family is not you. They aren't on your program. That's not their that's not their deal. Mm-hmm. Hey, if they're on it, great. That's cool. My family's not all on my program. That's not the way it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, you impose? Oh, that's fun. Where's, where's that get you? Mm-hmm. You oh, you want to you want to impose your program on everyone in your family. What are they going to do? What it's the same thing that happens with any team. If you start imposing your strict discipline on them, cool, you can get them to do what you want them to do at that moment. Mm-hmm. Guess what they do as soon as they get the opportunity to rebel against you? They rebel. You get a mutiny. You get a kid that's rebellious beyond the norm. Mm-hmm. That's doing thing that's actually gonna gonna really reject you. So you gotta you don't blame your family. Fix the problem. You know who you have control over? You. You don't have control. You don't have control over your nine-year-old kid. You might think you do, but you don't. You gotta make you don't have control over your wife to just make her, you know, get in the game. Yeah. Oh, you wanna you wanna stay on the program. You wanna cook uh uh whatever. 14 chicken breasts on a Sunday night, so you got two a day during the week. Honey, make it happen. Yeah. No, honey, don't make that happen. <laughs> If you are a good leader and you explain Mm -hmm. what your goals are and you get her on board with the program, Mm -hmm. then yeah. Guess what she's doing on Sunday night? Helping you cook some chicken breast for the week. But this is just like anything else, man. This is just like any other leadership situation. You want to blame the team when something's going wrong? That's not going to get you a solution. You need to take ownership of the problem. You need to get the problem solved. And when I say get the problem solved, you're, you, this doesn't mean impose your will on the team. That means you need to lead the team. Yeah. And there's a big difference. Yeah. So, get some. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can relate. And by the way, the better, just like anything else, just like Hackworth, the better relationship that you build with your wife and with your kids, guess what? The more flexibility you have. Oh, yeah. The more the leeway they give you, mm-hmm. the worse relationship you build with your wife and kids, the less flexible and the less leeway and the less chicken breast you're going to have cooked for you. Yeah, it's true. They're not in the game with you. Yeah. So build a relationship. 
I know that might sound like, like oh, well, we're married, so we have a relationship. Mm, not yeah. necessarily true. <laughs> yeah. Build a relationship. Yeah. Make them understand where you're coming from. Make them understand what the strategic goals are. Yeah. Make them understand, just like in a leadership situation, make sure they understand how the strategic goals that you're trying to achieve for yourself will then come all the way back down and impact them in a positive way. Because by the way, if you're doing things strategically that are gonna help you, that are gonna screw over the rest of the team, or in this case, family, mm-hmm. guess what? You're not gonna get support for those goals because yeah. they're mm-hmm. not helping out the team. If you're doing it for yourself and yourself only, that's problematic. Yeah. So if you're, hey, I wanna work out I want to get, you know, I want to work out. I want to train jujitsu every day. Okay, well, how do I benefit from that? Yeah. Honey. How do, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, let me tell you how. Here's my plan. In six years, you know, I'm a purple belt right now. In six years, I'm going to get my black belt. And when I get my black belt, we're going to open a school. And when I open a school, guess what we're going to do all day? We're going to teach jujitsu. We're going to hang out at our gym. We're going to have a good time. That's a strategic goal. I need you in the game with me right now. That's totally different yeah. than I want to train. Yep. I'm a man, yeah. Don't keep me yeah, from this. Yeah, don't keep me from this. Well, yeah, and that's, depending on who you are, obviously, but I would even say that's, speaking from my own experience, that's even over saying it, really. Like, let's say you take jujitsu or working out or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, like, to, you know, to do that. But I get I get the yeah. example for sure. No, you're going to you say something can, much more simple. Yeah, like, hey, easier, way more. Babe. Just say, hey, this 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 part of my life, even if it's new, it's new. I know our family's chaotic. You need my help with the kids and whatever. Be like, but hey, this this sort of, this means a lot to me and it makes me feel good, makes me, you know, a happy person or whatever. Can, can me and you, can we make this work? Yeah. You know, can, can we do it? What do you hey, want from me? You know how you like this other thing sure yeah i want to support you doing that here's where i need support yeah. you're right yeah this thing puts a smile on my face yeah you yeah. want me smiling around here you that's what and people i'm sure someone's going to bring up the fact that there were times when i was in the dames and yeah. i would come home from work at 7 30 at night mm-hmm. i'd pick up my gym bag i'd drop off my my work bag and i just walk i'd go oh, hey on i'm going to train yeah. and there was a few times where she did not want me to go train tears in her eyes you gotta be kidding me. You've been gone all week, you've been gone for two weeks, you come home at 7.30 and you're gonna go train instead of eating dinner with us? Yeah. I was like, yep. N- that, the reason I bring that up, because I know someone's gonna bring up, that's not good leadership. Yeah. That's not me being cool. Yeah. That's not me building the relationship. That's me moving in the other direction. Yeah. So that's not what I'm saying to do. But if you come home, hey look, here's the deal, here's what's going on, here's why. I, you know what, I've got a, I come home from work, I got a lot of stuff in my brain. I'm in a bad mood when I come home. Mm-hmm. And I don't wanna be in a bad mood around you, don't wanna be in a bad mood around the kids. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go train for an hour. When I come back, I'm gonna have a smile on my face. Watch. Watch. Boom. Yeah, man. I- and, and that's actually, my wife eventually told me, like, oh, when you don't train, you're not nice to be around. Not yeah. that I was intentionally going, oh, you get to train. No, but you just have the, uh, you don't you don't have that release. Yeah, yeah, it's that that is a real thing for sure. I mean, it's manageable. Everyone's different, I think, obviously. But I would you could even say something even more because that's a hard one to to sell sometimes to some people to be yeah. like, hey, I'll be happier, you know. Yeah. Then they'll be like, mm, well, or except for that, I'll be happier means we'll be happier. Yeah, and you got to You're right, though. You got to bar. You got to give and take, right? You yeah. got to say, okay, what do? You, what can I do for you? Exactly right. That's yeah. that's what it is. Be like, hey, this means a lot to me. You know, to and usually, you know, uh, 
in a relationship like that, they care. If something means something yeah. to your husband and wife or whatever, like that's not nothing. That's something, you know. Look, if you if the if you're a husband and you say this jujitsu means a lot to me, therefore you need to sacrifice your whole thing to accommodate mm-hmm. it. Mm, you can't yeah, do that. Yeah. But it's not nothing. So you can Just say, like hey, as a leader, you can't have the team sacrifice everything yeah, for, for your you. Thing. Yeah. Exactly hey, if right. we do a good job on this mission, I'm going to get promoted. <laughs> <I> know, <laughs> you know, right. or hey, if we do a good job with this product, we're, I'm going to make more money. Yeah, it's more for our bottom line. Yeah, it's more for my bottom line. Yeah, it's more profitability yeah. for our shareholders. No one cares. The front yeah. line doesn't care about profitability for the shareholders yeah. unless they understand how it relates back to them. Yeah. The so you, family doesn't care about you training jujitsu unless they realize how it's going to yeah. come back to you. So what you do is you tell her like, hey, just... Can, can we make this work? And actually, whatever, however this gets in the way of us, you know, like whatever, like I want to just in general make that up to yeah. you some way. You know, like what can yeah. what can I do for you? Like I said, or yeah. or what do you want to do something? Or can, let's let's do this so we can both kind of have something fun. Come with me if you want, but hey, I don't, don't don't just automatically expect your wife to love jujitsu like yeah. you love jujitsu. Unfortunately, like, <laughs> unfortunately, it goes for everyone. Even though most. Most it's people. possible. It's very possible. It's possible. Yeah, yeah. But I'm yeah. saying, you know, you, if like uh, how you're saying, like make it, make you got to accommodate it, you know, especially if you're doing like a workout, let's say, and it's your thing, right? Like, I like don't work out, you know, and that's my thing, whatever. Jiu-Jitsu, I think, is a different one because working out is like, you can kind of do that whenever, yeah, you know? Yeah, true. Yeah. But Jiu-Jitsu is like, mm-hmm. if you don't get, you got to go train with some people. Yeah, 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 yeah you know? So, yeah, man, if, in constant communication too, by the way. Like you, you know, because after a while, it's like, oh, you're going to jiu-jitsu again. And you're like, don't know, the kids kind of need help with the homework. And mm. I'm swamped with this other family stuff, you know, mm. kind of thing. But if you're constantly communicating and then she'll tell you, hey, do you mind not going on this day because of this? And you're like, yeah. mm, okay, me going this specific day, is that more important than the the help that they need with the homework? You know, yeah. and you can accurately kind of navigate your way through your, your new situation, you know. But yeah, you got to keep talking on that one. Because some people, they think, oh, I can go to jiu-jitsu now. You know, I don't have to say nothing about it. I'm just rolling out under mm. every circle. You know, it doesn't work like that sometimes. Yeah. Don't don't be like me in that situation. Don't be like Taco. You probably, well, my wife is very understanding. Yeah. So. That's crazy. Check. Yeah, my wife probably would have murdered me. Mm. Like, Rightfully so. Like killed me like, <laughs> as a crime. Next question. Would love to hear your thoughts on the dichotomy of honest self-expression versus normal face and or passion versus discipline uh if you aren't caught up on all the podcasts normal face is a game i used to play with my kids where they would have to keep an expressionless face or what i called the normal face good game by the way and you i would line up my kids and they would have to keep that face and then if they changed their expression anyway i would hit them in the head with a (laughs) with the uh, inside cardboard roll of a thing of wrapping paper and or I, I had eventually made like foam pieces for it because they were a little bit more durable, and and you could hit really hard and it wouldn't hurt at all. <laughs> so, anyways, I know it sounds uh, like you should call child services on me, but it's fun game to play because as you hit one kid, it makes the other kids laugh, and then you end up hitting them all, and everyone's laughing, and it's fun. So, and there's also a pragmatic reason to do it because it teaches people to control their emotions. And there are times, there are many times where you have to learn to control your emotions. And as kids, if you learn to control your emotions, it's going to be beneficial for you in many ways. But does that mean that you should keep a normal face all the time? Never show emotions? No, it's not like that at all. There's, like everything else, there's a dichotomy that you have to balance. If your kid wins a wrestling match, 
you should be happy and great and smile and yeah, high five, right? Mm -hmm. That's cool. If you bite into a amazing piece of prime rib that your wife cooked for you, (laughs) then you should raise your fist to the air and say yes. My wife, the first time she ever cooked prime rib, she, she, she's, we didn't know this, but she has a talent. She, you know, she cooks dry chicken, prime rib. She knocks it out of the park. Okay. First time she uh-huh. ever cooked prime rib, and I took my, I smelled amazing. I was like, oh, this is. I took my first bite. I looked at her and I looked up at her and I said, I want to re-va- redo our vows for marriage. <laughs> <laughs> renew the vows. Yeah, renew the vow. What does it redo? <laughs> renew the vows. So yes. Um, you know scenarios like that. Yeah, you want to show your emotions, and if here's something: if your team slacks off, and if you fail the mission, you fail the task. Of course, you're going to own it, but you might, you know, you might want to show a little anger about what happened, so that everyone knows, like, oh, his chuckle doesn't normally get mad, and he's mad, mm-hmm. and so we really did something bad, and and you know, even though you're blaming it on yourself, like I can't believe I let this down. You know what I mean? Like you show a little bit of that, people go. Okay. So there you're going to show some emotion. You if you get bad news, if you get news that that you know you got a friend that died. We well, you know that's you got to let those emotions out. There's all kinds of situations where emotions are not only acceptable but they're needed and they're required and in fact if you don't have emotions in those situations that's horrible. You need to have them not only as a person as a human being you need to let out your emotions sometimes. But as a leader, if you don't show any emotions at all, no one's going to follow you. There's no connection mm-hmm. between you and the people on your team. And if you ever, th- if you just sit there and think about people that you've worked for that didn't show emotions, you have no connection with them. You don't care about them. You'll leave. You won't go the extra mile to get the job done. Mm-hmm. So you have to show emotions. But of course, there are many times in life in the world where showing your emotions are going to have a negative impact on your situation. You're, you, you give up the takedown in a jiu-jitsu competition mm-hmm. and you show it in your face. That person just thinks, I just broke you, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You don't want to show any emotion there. Boss tells you you're getting stuck with the underperforming team. Don't show any emotion, right? Don't, don't oh man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't do that. But hey, what about this? Here's a good one. Boss is giving you feedback that you don't agree with. Roll your eyes. You know what I mean? The the heavy sigh, the clenched teeth as you're trying to listen with this person. You don't even respect him. He's telling you, what's that going to get you? Not going to get you anything. Then showing that negative emotion there, you need to keep normal face in that situation. Your kid's doing something that's annoying. It's trying to test your patience. And they're just trying to piss you off. Don't let them. Keep it in check. Get told to go to the other line in DMV. <laughs> After you've been waiting for an hour and one, don't freak out. Don't show any emotions. Got it. Yep. Here's, here's another one. We already talked about this one. Your friends are poking fun at you. Because you missed a shot at the range or you got lost on a land navigation course or whatever. Don't get all mad. <laughs> don't get frustrated. Don't show any emotion. You know, they make fun of your haircut, they make fun of your accent, they make fun of whatever. Don't show emotions, don't freak out. That's 
the other balance. Now, there are also times where you might have to force yourself to show some emotion Mm -hmm. just to get the point across, right? Your kid hasn't listened to you after five or six violations. Mm -hmm. You might have to show some anger. Or they or they do something that's gonna get them hurt, right? You gotta show some emotion so that they realize that was real. But flying off the temper and lo- flying off the handle and losing your temper is almost never does you any good. So yeah, you have to be balanced. And in order to be balanced, you have to be in control. And in order to be in control, you have to detach from your emotions so you can control your emotions and not let your emotions control you. Yep. I think we already talked about this one part before where like you know, like with your kids or whatever, and you're you fly off the handle, not fly off the handle, but you you show emotion, you raise your voice and mm-hmm. yell at them because this one is important. This mm-hmm. lesson that mm-hmm. I'm teaching you obviously didn't get it before, or whatever. You're thinking you can't do that every single time, of course you know, so. every single lesson. Like, okay, oh, it was effective when I raised my voice. Let me just raise my voice now, right? Logically, yeah. let me, if that if that is what induces their compliance, let me just do that. Yeah. Brad doesn't work that way because no. after a while they're like, oh, Brad's all just dumb yeah. noise. Yeah. No. So, yeah, you got to be like Don't normal face. Wolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, just be like normal face, normal face, normal face, everything, you know? And then, like, the one time you yeah. use it, it's like the, yeah. what do you call the, there's this video game I used to play. It's like you could just press Imagine the button that. and <laughs> <laughs> it blow up everybody. Anyway, long story, but yeah. Don't use it all the time is what I'm saying. Just use it like sparingly. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, judiciously. Cool. That's that's a good time. I do know what you're saying. Next question. I'm in college and I'm working towards going to OCS after I graduate. I work a food service job. I was trying to teach a 17-year-old at work why she shouldn't half-ass cleaning a fryer. I said because of unmitigated daily discipline (laughs) in all things. That includes cleaning the fryer. <laughs> and I did. <clears throat> she still didn't quite get it. I didn't say to her that I make the I make the fryer spotless because if I can't manage to clean the fryer, how can I expect myself to lead people in the military? Ipso facto war. Because I didn't think that I didn't think that was appropriate to say to that a seventeen year old girl. I try to lead by example, but I'm not sure that is enough how can i best explain or show my younger co-workers why they should have unmitigated daily discipline in all things when she when the stakes are only a fryer and not lives okay <clears throat> let's see this is uh, we're, we're kind of in the same vein on some stuff tonight, which is good, mm-hmm. right? It's good. First of all, because unmitigated daily discipline in all things should be, first and foremost, applied to you, not not everyone else around you. you. <laughs> Let's start with yourself. Imposing discipline on other people is not leadership. Mm-hmm. It's just an author, authoritarian person barking orders. Um, so to answer your question, well, first of all, read, if you haven't read the book, The Dichotomy of Leadership, um, you might want to check that one out. There's a couple chapters you could focus on. One of them is called Resolute But Not Overbearing. One of them is called Disciplined But Not Rigid. One of them is called Hold People Accountable But Don't Hold Their Hands. And and this is pretty much why we had to write The Dichotomy of Leadership. Because you're out there, good on you, trying to take extreme ownership. And that's great, but you're not you're not paying attention to the dichotomy of leadership. So let, let me let me break it down for you a little bit more clearly, and then you can go read the book as well, which will help you. 
you say that the stakes are only a clean fryer and not lives. And you're right. <laughs> lives are not at stake, and neither really is the functionality of the fryer itself, because <laughs> it doesn't have to be completely spotless. And in fact, if you're trying to keep it completely spotless, it might actually waste time that she could be doing something that's more important, like prepping the potatoes <laughs> or washing her hands to keep the food sanitary. So you need to think about that, how truly important, like when you say, unmi- when I say, because I say this all the time, and I apologize for throwing you a little bit too far in one direction, unmitigated daily discipline in all things. There's no there's no departure from that, right? right? That's what it is. There's no departure for that. But here's the deal. If you were in the military and you got spun up about little things that don't really matter, you are wasting your leadership capital. And when something in actually important, it's what you were just talking about, Echo, when something actually important comes up, your troops aren't even going to listen to you because they don't know what anything, they don't know what's important and what's not because you say that everything is important. Mm. Like, hey, why do I need to stay on watch why do I need to stay awake during watch? Uh, th- that's not any more important to you than whether I have uh, a stain on my shirt because you're freaking out about everything. Mm-hmm. So so who, how do I know what's what? Mm-hmm. Now, it's, here's the deal. You can go too far in the other direction. You can let people do whatever they want and they completely lack discipline and the little things do matter. The little things do matter, but you gotta remember they only matter a little. And if you waste your time and you waste your leadership and you waste your energy on things that don't matter or things that matter very little, then you won't be able to lead your team when it really counts. What happens is it's a slippery, it's a slope. It's a, it's a, it's a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. And if you let some things slide, then you let something else slide, then you let something else slide, eventually you've got no discipline. Mm-hmm. So you have to be careful of that. But at the same time, it's the other direction. What you end up in in the other direction, if you if you impose unmitigated daily discipline in all things, you're going to end up like um, here's a movie reference. Echo Charles, Animal House. Sure. Have you seen it? Yeah, I was young though. No. Okay, so you don't remember Niedermeyer? Niedermeyer, the ROTC guy that's Big, yelling at everyone. Yeah, yeah. You're worthless and weak. He's like that. He's a guy that's just barking and going crazy. And that's a comical yeah. example, but I'll tell you what. You want a real example? A real a real good example that you can check out? Once again, go and watch the first episode of the Band of Brothers series and check out Captain Sobel, the com- company commander of Easy Company. He is hardcore, and he has he imposes absolute unmitigated discipline in all things on his whole company. He holds the line. Mm. Oh, dirty weapon! No, no liberty for you. Mm. Pass revoked. Rust on your knife. Pass revoked. Uniform out of uniform. Creases in your boots or creases in your pants. Out. Pass revoked. Oh, that guy's doing it. He's doing that unmitigated discipline in all things. And guess what happens to him? He gets fired. His troops hate him. He's worried about things that don't matter. Dick Winters, totally squared away. Worries about things that are important. And and as an individual, and if you remember, I don't even know if they show this in Band of Brothers, but as an individual imposing discipline on himself, guess what he's doing during the Battle of the Bulge? Battle of the Bulge, middle of the winter, 
snowed in, don't have winter gear, they're freezing, they're dying. What's winter's doing in the morning? He's up and he's shaving. He's getting up and he's shaving. His battalion commander comes up and is like, bro, are you sure you need to shave? He's like, okay, just holding the line. So that's why we wrote the dichotomy of leadership. This stuff is a balance and you have to learn to balance. You don't want to end up going and ending up like Captain Sobel. And I hope everybody that's has that tendency to want to control things and they want to use discipline and they want to use unmitigated daily discipline in all things. You want to use that as your slogan to beat people down. Mm. Go watch the first episode of Band of Brothers mm. and get your act together. Yeah, yeah. The fry, that reminded me of when you <clears throat> were talking about your gym floor. You know, yeah, you know, you, you yeah. don't. I mean, sure, you don't want the you don't want a bag and your dirty clothes and socks and shoes all over the floor totally. while you work out. But it is for a reason. Yeah, same way. The whole reason you got to clean the flyers or the fryer for a reason, you know. Yeah. So you know whatever yeah. the reason is, I'm not as familiar with fryers, but I'm That's sure you didn't work at Wendy's like I did. <laughs> yeah, so. I can tell you that the external, the external cleanliness of the fryer is not a big deal. Do right. you want, like you said, do you want it to be caked with grease no. where it's a fire hazard? No. Yeah. But guess what? It's a functional item that you're using all day. Right. There's going to be some spots on it. And mm-hmm. if I'm freaking out about that, guess what? I got somebody that's not washing their hands. Or mm-hmm. even worse, I got someone that's intentionally sabotaging the food so we get bad reviews. Now yeah. we're going out of business. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. So it's <laughs> essentially like, hey, man, identify the use, the, the optimal use of the fryer. And let's target that as like the the right way to clean it kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. and that's sort of it. Like, don't you don't have to sweep your gym floor and mop it and yeah. make sure you can see your face in the. I'm getting more chalk on that thing in 23 hours. Yeah. 22 hours. Right. It makes no difference. Yeah. To why I have a gym floor. Yeah. I have the gym floor so I can drop weights and walk. That's it. Kind of yeah. thing. Not yeah. so, you know, I can, I don't know, be super disciplined and waste my time mopping it and you know all this stuff because i'm unmitigated daily discipline in all things you know Mm -hmm. you have a functionality you have to uphold imagine how many hours of my life i would have thrown away if i was mopping cleaning sweeping and vacuuming my gym floor every day when i got it would take as long as my workout would take probably 20 minutes i guess yeah so there's there's what almost two hours a week two a little over two hours a week gone gone you think i got two hours a week Think about what two hours. Two hours is like a massive amount of time. Yeah, that's a that's a good. Two night. hours is a huge amount of time. Unless give that away. You own a commercial gym, then you want to mop that floor because it adds to the functionality yeah, yeah, of the gym. Yeah, yeah. Getting members, yeah, you know, you're, you're gonna, gonna, dirty you're, gonna floor. you're gonna the floor is gonna be clean. Yep. But guess what? Here, go to the extreme. Hey, we just cleaned that floor. Don't walk on it. Hey, yeah, that yeah, part yeah, of the gym yeah. is shut down. For, uh, you know, because we just mopped it. It's like mm-hmm. no. Yeah. You just mopped it. We're going to use it. Yeah. So it's kind of at the end of the day. It's kind of like what? Unmitigated daily discipline in all things that what? That are functional. That are functional for sure. Yeah. That are, are are for yourself. For Put that on yourself. Yeah. Put that on yourself. And here's, here's you really want to take this to the next level? Yes. Be disciplined in how you impose discipline on people. Don't just let it run wild. You have to have discipline in it. That's yeah. the way it is. Yeah. 
Yeah, it kind of does, huh? Paint that picture, how you're saying. Every time I get these questions, it's like, I'm so happy we wrote the dichotomy of leadership yeah. because there's the answer. Yeah. That's the answer. The answer is this, all this is a dichotomy. Everything is a dichotomy. And people don't want it to be a, a dichotomy because it's dichotomies are complex. Yeah. Dichotomies are hard. Dichotomies take, it takes skill to learn to balance them. It takes awareness of the situation. Yeah. It's hard. It's so much easier to say, oh, you just impose your discipline and make everyone do what you want them to do. Mm. Like, you can't do that. You'll end up with a mutiny. My, my second platoon, the, when, when we had a mutiny, we worked for a guy that made us do everything his way. Mm-hmm. My way or the highway, guess what? Didn't work, <laughs> mutiny. It was a highway, but not for us, for him. <laughs> Thing. Yeah, and not a bad guy. Yeah. wasn't a bad guy. We didn't have bad intentions. Mm-hmm. But that's where uh, this guy is heading. He's heading to OCS, and if he keeps with that attitude, he's going to end up in those situations. That's beautiful. I'm so glad he asked this question. Mm-hmm. Because I'm glad he asked this question because it's not his fault. He's listening to what I said, and I didn't c- communicate it well enough. So now he asked a great question, and now he can t- take a much, much better approach, a much more balanced approach yeah. in his leadership. Yeah. Like flying a kite, kind of. You ever flew a kite? Recently? I had flown a kite, but well, this has nothing to do with flying no, a kite. No, okay. it does, no, no, no. I shouldn't have said that because oh, yes, I'm going to bring it back on the aren't you? <laughs> Yeah, I know. No, but the fundamental principle, right? You know how you. No, well, it depends on what kind of kite. I get it. But you know the kind with the two handles, mm-hmm. the two strings? Mm-hmm. You know, you got to. <laughs> See what I'm saying? You got to kind of pull one and let one go a little bit, and then it depends on the wind. You know, it depends on how strong the wind is, and you got to pull. Cool. Let we'll let slack it. out. But I'm telling you, try fly a kite. Now I yeah. just flew one, like maybe like you know five, six, seven weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It's good. Windy day cool. too, by the way. Next question: <laughs> As a leader, do you ever confide in anyone or seek counsel from anyone, or do you just wrestle with issues within yourself and try to figure things out on your own? Another really good question, oh. and I do both. Of course, I try and figure out things on my own. But here's the little secret: Is it a secret? It's not really a secret because I'm about to tell everyone. Sure. But it's something that I wouldn't really talk about because it's just something I would instinctively do. Uh, when I'm figuring things out on my own, at the same time, I I seek counsel. Is that how they said it? Seek counsel from the the trusted teammates that I have, or peers, or superiors, or or subordinates that I trust. But why, when I counsel them, when I when I seek counsel, when I ask for feedback. While I'm trying to figure out things on my own, I actually keep those thoughts to myself mm. in the beginning, right? I let other people tell me what their ideas are first. Mm. I want to hear what they come up with. because if, And if somebody comes up with a good plan, we're going with it. Like if it's, hey, you know what? That's a pretty good plan. We'll go with that. Because as I've said many times, I prefer to use one of my subordinates' plans. One of my subordinates' plan over mine. I would rather use my subordinate's plan rather than mine as long as it's tactically sound because then they they believe in their plan, right? And if it's not tactically sound, yep, I give them a little nudge to make some corrections and still use their plan because I want them to use their solutions and their plans. So that way, like I said, they have ownership of the plan. And when they're coming up with a plan, guess what's gonna happen? They're gonna get too close to it. They're gonna do what I talked about in that opening story, which is they're gonna they're gonna be at low altitude, they're gonna be staring at it right in the face, 
and I'm gonna be allowed to remain detached and remain at altitude so I have a better perspective of the overall plan than they do, and that ends up making me look like a tactical genius, which is awesome. So, so I guess this is the secret, this is the trick or whatever, don't talk so much. <laughs> don't talk so much. Don't feel the need don't feel the need. This is something you have to resist as a leader, as a person that wants to be a leader. Yeah. Leif always says something about people, aspiring leaders, right? Oh, if yeah. you're an aspiring yeah. leader, don't feel like you're the person that has to always come up with a plan or come up with a solution. Even when you are the leader, don't feel like you're that guy. In fact, it's better to not do that. It's better just to, to think and to just listen to what people are saying and watch their plans come out and get shot down and get reformulated and be improved and if you hadn't said anything yet guess what the longer you don't say anything the more people are going to listen when you actually open your mouth so just kind of keep your mouth shut now here's this is a little bit different because we're talking about like a plan right a strategy or something what if it's something political within your team you know what i mean then what do you do what I do is the same thing. Like I will think, I will listen, I will discuss things with people and gather intelligence from them. I'll ask them some probing questions. But I'm not gonna divulge what my position is because number one, that will influence them. It will make them react. And I don't wanna influence anyone or make them react until I'm gonna be able to influence them and get them to react and act the way that I want them that's gonna benefit the team. So I'm going to ask some, some questions. What you, hey, what do you think about, man, what do you think's going on with Jimmy? Is he, he seems to be acting, is he okay? Mm. I'll ask you, I'll ask him, I'll ask Mike, I'll ask Bill, I'll ask Jennifer, Will, I'll find out what's going on, also, oh, Jennifer and Bill, they say something a little bit different, oh, okay, see, mm. I'm going to gather the political perspectives and listen. I'm going to let things unfold. I'm going to observe and relax and detach and listen and think and calculate. That's what I'm going to do. And dichotomy, Mm -hmm. if something needs to happen and I have to be decisive, I'm going to make a decision. We're going to go with it. Mm. I'm I'm going to put it out there. So oddly enough, as a leader, don't talk so much. I know that seems crazy. Hmm. The more you talk, the less people listen. Interesting. What about in like everyday stuff? I guess maybe this wouldn't really apply to as a leader, but maybe like as a person. You know how like like you uh, you know come fight. You know how like I'll have a prowl come in mm-hmm. and I'll be like, hey, let me get your advice, mm-hmm. or whatever about mm-hmm. something that obviously I didn't feel yeah like appropriate to like just ask all my friends kind mm-hmm. of thing. You know like. Do you ever do that? No. You just mainly think about it yourself. Well, what I would do is, you know, I like I do what I what I just said I would do. I'd be like, "Hey, man, wh- what's going on with this?" Yeah. You know, now I guess if you were see you when you come and ask me something, you're asking me something. You always ask me about something I'm not a part of in right. any way. Yeah, that's so what I mean. it's different. So yeah, if it's like that, if it's something I'm completely, if something, if there's someone that's completely outside the situation, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll say, hey, this is what's going on. You know, mm-hmm. this is what's going on here. We had this happen. I got this situation. 
Yeah. And just, yeah, for sure, I'll do that. Yes, so that yeah, is yeah. that is good. But um, but if it's within the team, yeah. then I generally just won't come out and ask yeah. like, hey, what do you, you know, I want to change this. Yeah. Instead, I'll be like, hey, what, what do you, what would you change about? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. ask them what they think first. Because yeah. you might have to make some adjustments. If I come in and like, Echo, we're changing the way we record this thing now. Here's what's happening. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. And you're listening. And the first thing you say to me is like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Now I feel, now I'm an idiot. Especially when you say, well, here's, the, here's why it won't work, Jocko. Boom, yeah, yeah. you lay out three things. Instead of if I was like, hey, man, what would you think about this issue that we're having? What solutions do you think we could do to solve that? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I get to listen to your ideas. And by the way, when you come up with one of those ideas and one of them sounds pretty good to me, guess what we're doing? That one. <laughs> now who's got ownership of that idea? You do. do. Now yeah. who's all fired up to implement it? You do. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't waste any leadership. Ca- In fact, I gained, gained leadership it. capital because now you're like, man, Jocko's like, you trust me, dude. Yeah. It's pretty cool. He's letting me run this. Yeah. Yeah. And as speaking from a person who doesn't necessarily, well, it doesn't seem like I necessarily get that big of a payoff to have that attitude. Like I'm running this, you know, like, and I don't know for whatever reason. Didn't I, I never felt like that was a big thing to me to be the guy running it. But I don't know, maybe it is, maybe in my subconscious, because I know that you do that to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, that's why it's actually kind of funny, because you don't do it in big with big things necessarily. You know, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe you will, whatever. But so, most of the time, it's just some little teeny, <laughs> small <laughs> thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, just totally falling, not falling for it. I get it. Yeah, you yeah, know, it's, yeah. a, it's a good tactic. Falling but now that it. how you just fully just illustrate it. And meanwhile, I should know this. I do know this, really, yeah. that you do that. Here's but the it's, thing: it's not a bad thing. No, I'm not screwing not, you over. No, it's actually not, perfect. Yeah, I'm not. I'm actually. I'm, it's actually beneficial to you. Yeah, you're actually actually are running things. Yeah, you know, yeah. if I come and say, "Hey, we're," you know, "Hey, what do you think kind of table we should get for mm-hmm. the podcast?" Or what, you know what I mean? What do you think? What do you think would be the best lighting system? You know, yeah. like I know what I think. That's the see. That's the thing I don't really divulge is yeah. I know what I think. Yeah, and you know what though, which you're, I know I understand. But by the way, the table thing that I tried with on that one, yeah. it didn't work. Didn't work. No, I failed <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Actually, I failed because I should have put much clearer parameters around the table scenario. Yeah. For those of you that don't know what we're talking about, which is no one in the world except for us two, yes. we had. We got a different table for our for our recording studio, which is right at this moment being expanded. And but when we were still in the small recording studio, I forget why we needed a new table. Just because the other one was too big. No, we we're adding another camera. Okay, we we're adding another camera and possible guests. So, yeah. so hey, say, hey man, you know, go out, grab a table. And the one the table that I had gotten in the past, mm-hmm. let's face it, it was, it was legit. It was yeah. legit. It's very legit. Echo goes and gets a table. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that thing cost $48, but uh, it wasn't you know, worth it. No. <laughs> this thing was wiggly and small yeah. and weak. And uh, anyways, um, that's an example where I didn't do a good job. And it's also an example of occasionally your your vision isn't aligned. Like my vision, mm-hmm. normally you and I have very aligned vision about something. You know, well, when it comes to the technical nature of what the podcast. Mm-hmm. The table, we weren't on line. No, no. I wouldn't no. have bought that table ever. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have bought that table for like a 
like a prop to be used in a one scene scenario. <laughs> Dang, bro. Yeah. I, I don't know what the, that, but well, okay. So I'll admit, I, th- I don't know if I told you this, but I'll admit that the thing is you probably, when you got your table, you probably yeah. went somewhere and was like, yeah, that's the table. You felt it. And was like, yeah, I can imagine. And you're no, eyeballing I actually, it. And I actually ordered it online, but okay. I, I'd say I have more, even though I know you worked for a moving company. Yes. Nonetheless, I think I have more. I'm more worldly when it comes to furniture. <laughs> you might be right because there's something wrong. Well, <laughs> I saw table. it on Amazon. I was like, "Hey, that's a cool table," yeah. and that that's that fits the dimension. Yeah, it fit the dimension. Yeah, when it came in, it's the old story. You know, yeah. it's like, "Oh, it looked good in the picture." Yeah. You know, kind of thing. Then when it shows up, it's like, "Yeah, you're like, right. it looks good in the picture, and it's only thirty nine dollars." <laughs> Should last. The other table we had was like a thousand bucks. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It wasn't a thousand. It wasn't thirty nine. Next time but... I'm going to put a minimum price. Yeah. Um, just to ensure minimum quality. price to ensure yeah. some kind of quality. Yeah. No. So, anyways, yeah, we'll do. the point is, yes, when you give somebody, you let it be their idea. You keep your ideas to yourself. I, I'm not trying to be all secretive. Right. I'm not trying to be all secretive. It's not like I'm yeah. not going to tell this person. Yeah. Because eventually my idea is if it needs to come out, it comes out. Hopefully yeah. it doesn't come out. Hopefully it never needs to come out because my team comes up with a great plan and I can just be quiet and yeah. they can go execute it. That's my goal. Yeah. Occasionally they can't find a solution. And it's like, hey, man. Yeah, okay. Hey, guys. And then maybe, you know what I'll do? I won't even divulge my whole idea. I'll say, hey, well, what about, you know, what about this? Yeah. What about an idea like this? Oh, yeah, that's not bad. And, man, when you see someone get a good idea, they get so happy. Yes. It's so rewarding. Yeah. And so you want to give them that gift. <laughs> and the way you do that is by letting them come up with their own ideas. Sure. You just got to make sure that they have a worldly experience with furniture. With if stuff. That's yeah. the situation. All right. Well, there you go. And I dig it. And because in a way, it's not really even about the idea. It's more about, okay, we need a solution to this problem. I don't care what that. Yeah. You know, there's a yeah. bunch of potential solutions sure. kind of thing. And yeah, you might have one in your head, but you don't want to just start saying, we're just yeah. throwing it around as the yeah. one, yeah. you know? It also, yes, you're right. Also, when you divulge your idea, guess what happens to everyone else's ideas, especially when you're in a leadership position. When you're in a leadership position and you divulge your idea, everyone kind of gravitates towards that idea as being the best. If you keep your idea to yourself, you let the true growth of ideas develop. Yeah. And true things come out and people aren't just trying to say like, oh, great idea, Jocko. Yeah. yeah. Even even if they're not like a kiss ass, but you just you just put an idea in their head and they can't see it a different way. Yeah. You know? And even if they do, you put them in a position where now they have to shut down your idea. Not a big deal, but it's still an yeah, added element yeah. that you have to, yes. you know, you got to kind of put them in as far as that position goes. Yeah. Rather than you, you'll just kind of open up the floor. It's kind yeah. of like back in, you know, who who has something to say? Kind of kind yeah. of the atmosphere, you know, and we all can, you know, throw around ideas and the best one comes up. There you go. Thanks, Brian. Cool. You're the man. I'll get a better table next time. I promise. Next question. As I get ready to graduate from college, I would appreciate your input on the following question. I've always loved to take part in a variety of, of projects, and I have ended up in, in a leadership position in multiple organizations. Be, be it in the student VC firm, the student body, my professional fraternity, etc. In a way, this, is, this was natural to me. It's about extreme ownership, right? 
I love what I was doing. You, you shouldn't just slough off that that phrase. <laughs> oh, it's so about it, extreme ownership, it, right? Right. Yeah, that's how it should have been said. Okay. It, this is okay. All this stuff is about extreme ownership, right? Can't be that hard, right? Kind of, kind of. of, of no, thing. it's like of course right? extreme ownership, right? Okay. I loved what I was doing. I had a vision where to take things, and I was chosen to lead. So I felt that I was doing the right thing. Recently, though, I've started to feel overwhelmed and feel that my productivity has diminished. By being in a managerial position, it seems harder to see the direct output of my work, but it's as easy its as easy as always to see what's not working. I don't want to be let go of any projects because I'll still love to make, love to take ownership of them. No, he says, I don't want to be let go. It says, I don't want to let go of any projects because I still love to take ownership of them. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, see, love to take ownership see, of them. Yeah. Symptoms. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I'm identifying <laughs> symptoms. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you like the word ownership. That's like a like a really. I definitely like the word ownership, and as you also know, I also like another word. And that's dichotomy. Dichotomy. And we're ownership. seeing violations here. <laughs> All right. Well, either either way, this guy he he doesn't want to let go of any projects because I go. still love to Don't take ownership of them yeah. and lead these organizations. But I think I'm no longer able to handle this mm-hmm. much. How do you balance those things? Yeah. So there is a chapter in the dichotomy leadership called. Own it all. But that's not the title of the chapter. The title of the chapter continues. Mm-hmm. It's The title of the chapter is own it all, comma, but empower others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it sounds like this individual, uh, who's getting after it for sure, props, getting after it, leadership position, multiple organizations, mm-hmm. going hard, taking ownership. Very cool. But it sounds like he needs to lean more towards decentralized command. Because just because you take ownership of things doesn't mean you're supposed to do everything mm-hmm. that you take ownership of. It doesn't. It doesn't. It actually doesn't work. What this? What you need, individual, is you need subordinate leaders inside these multiple organizations that you're in charge of that you trust, and you got to let them run with the broad guidance and the mission, the broad guidance of the mission, and with your commander's intent. That, that's how you're gonna work this. So, for instance, when I was in charge of training on the West Coast, I was responsible for a lot of stuff for land warfare, for maritime operations, dive operations, air operations, close quarters combat, urban warfare training, mobility training, heavy weapons, defensive tactics, combat leadership, and every other block. Four guys that are getting ready to deploy to Iraq and Afghanistan. And on top of those tactical things I'm in charge, I'm actually also in charge of safety and actually also in charge of maintenance and actually also in charge of the administration of the command. That's a lot of stuff to be running, right? Mm. I know that Holmes is in charge of, you know, the the VC firm and the student body, that's stuff too. This is a lot of stuff. Could I personally manage and conduct all of those things that I was in charge of? Not even close. Not even close. Now you you talk about feeling overwhelmed. You wouldn't last fifteen minutes if you tried to be the person that made every decision in all those different divisions that were inside of the training command. So I couldn't manage and run them all myself, but I had great leaders that I trusted that were going to make things happen, and I gave them the broad guidance of what we were trying to do, what their part of the mission was, the parameters that they were allowed to work within, and then go get some. And it's the same thing, task unit commander, I was task unit commander. Got two platoons, 
plus you got a squad of, of augmentees, plus you got CBs, and you got an Intel fusion cell, and you got interrogators, and you got radio communications crew, and you got the IT crew, and you got you got the whole tactical operations center that you're running. And it's the same thing. I, I can't run all that. No, no human can run all that. So what do you do? You have subordinate leaders that have the broad guidance, they understand what the mission is, they understand the commander's intent, they go forward and get after it. And they they know the parameters. And sometimes they have issues, and when they have issues, you step in and you give them a hand. Or sometimes they get a little out of box, you gotta put them back in the box. But it's the same thing even right, right now. I got Echelon Front, I got the podcast, I got the, the store, I got the supplements, the apparel, the online training coming out, we got the tea, the real estate, the gym, the list goes on. And I can't, I can't run all those things, but I got people leading those things and running those things. And I can do the same thing. It's like, hey, here's the guidance. Here's the mission. Here's the commander's intent. Here's the sanity check on something. Here's the parameters we're trying to move within. And then go, go and get some. So if you do well with decentralized command, you can handle a lot. Now, could you possibly bite off more than you can chew? Yeah, you could get involved in so many things that you don't even have time to monitor the situations at all, and you don't have time to tell when people are getting out of their zone or out of the parameters that they're allowed to work within, or you don't have time to help when something goes sideways. You don't have, so, so you could get there. And that will happen especially quickly if you have failed to train and mentor and give directions and give guidance to the leaders that you have that are actually on the front lines running things. So that's part of it. Now the other part of it is you can't do any of this if your ego will not allow you to let things go. I mean, you literally said, I don't wanna let go of any projects. Mm -hmm. I've said this before. If you wanna be in charge of everything, you have to be in charge of nothing. Mm -hmm. Your goal should be in charge of nothing. Only if you're in charge of nothing can you truly be in charge of everything. Mm -hmm. Because when you're in charge of every single thing, guess what you can handle? Nothing. Your task saturated, it doesn't work. So that's what you need to do. Get some good, solid leaders, subordinate leaders. Empower them. Train them. Trust them. Make sure they understand where they're going. Make sure they understand what the mission is. Make sure they understand what the goals are. Make sure they understand what things are outside the box that they need to come and talk to you about. And then let them rock and roll. Boom. Do one more question. My wife and I suffered three weeks of turmoil, which including losing, which included losing a child. How do I expedite that moment when we pick up ourselves, pick ourselves up, and keep moving forward? Because I am done sulking, and we need to move forward. Basically, how to push through. So. I mean, obviously, that's heartbreaking, and I can't even imagine the pain that you are going through in this situation, and it's one of those things, we've talked about this before, the fact is, we don't really have a cultural protocol 
for what to do when we lose a loved one. And you have to basically make up that protocol. I, I can't I can't dictate what that protocol is going to be for you, but I can tell you some things from my perspective, from some of the things that I've been through. I can tell you my perspective on loss. And the first thing is that you already know it's going to be wretched. And you're not going to escape it. And that pain, and this is this is something that I've identified. The pain that's going to come, it's going to come in waves. And at first, you won't even notice that they're waves because all the waves are going to be so close together and they're going to be so continual and they're going to be right on top of each other and the pain and the sadness is going to feel like it's so heavy it's going to feel like you are drowning in sorrow like you're not going to get any air and like you're not going to be able to escape that sadness that's what the waves feel like at first and then at some point there's going to be a, a little break just a little break just a little bit of light in the darkness something is going to make you smile something is going to make you laugh something's going to just show you just a little bit of light and i don't know when that's going to happen and then you're going to see that little that little smile that little light and then the uh, another wave of pain is gonna come back again and it's gonna be strong and you won't have any control over it. You won't be able to say, no, 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 I'm 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 in the light now, or I'm smiling right now. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go back there. No, you're not gonna be able to control it. And that's scary. It's scary because we we get used to as adults, hey, we can kind of get control of things and now all of a sudden you're not gonna have control. It's gonna hit you and you're gonna feel it. But Again, like a wave, like a wave in the ocean, that is going to eventually subside again. And you'll see a little bit of light and you'll get a little bit of a smile and you'll feel okay for a second. And then guess what? Another wave is going to hit you. And it might not be as strong as that other wave. And you might not even notice that it's not as strong. But again, you can't control your emotions. And you'll find yourself, this is what I'm talking about, factually. You're going to be sitting there and all of a sudden you're going to be just crying uncontrollably. That wave is going to hit you. You're going to go from normal to just crying uncontrollably and being sad. That's what's going to happen. And again, you're, in your mind, you're going to be thinking, I can't control this. It's a wave and you're, you're at the mercy of this ocean of sorrow. But don't let that scare you. Don't let that scare you because I'm telling you that that wave is going to subside again and this is going to go on. It's going to go on and the waves, they will become weaker. And what you need to realize is just because the waves are becoming weaker, this doesn't mean 
that you love your child less or you miss them less or that you aren't crushed at their passing it just means that you're starting to be able to deal with it which is what you're supposed to do and as the waves get weaker which they will they'll also appear less frequently and again that's okay it doesn't mean that you don't think of your child all the time it just means that it's being dealt with and while this is happening while you when you can when you start to when the when the storm waves start to calm a little bit what you can do is you can row the boat you can row the boat and what I mean by that is start doing something productive to get your mind moving forward I don't know how long this is this this is you know when you feel a little bit of a break then let's do a few days go by five days go by three days go by at some point you can't cry anymore okay let's do something productive let's sort out the drawers in the bedroom let's vacuum let's finish a prod let's do something productive and if there's something that distracts you that's fine do it let 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 there be some calm in the water and also as the as the calm comes also you're going to find moments where it's like you can you can have things that are going to bring on the waves and that's okay too bring on the waves go look at the pictures write down the memories read the letters read the notes read the emails remember And then there's that standard service. You're going to do the memorial. You're going to do the burial. And when that's over, let a little bit of more time go by. Give yourself another week of washing around, of feeling that sorrow, of letting the waves toss you around in the ocean but after another week what you do is you go and you write a letter you write a letter to your child and you explain to them explain to them how much they meant to you Explain to them how heartbroken you are that they are gone and then explain to them why you are going to carry on. Why you are going to keep going with them in your heart. Explain to them why you're not going to dwell in their loss. And explain.
explain to them how in losing them you have learned without a shred of doubt how truly precious life is and that they have taught you the immeasurable value of your own life and your wife's life and your family's life. And explain to them that you know. That you know that they loved you and that you know that they would want more than anything for you to be happy and productive and impactful in the world. And explain in that letter what you will do to make them proud of how you live your life. And then take that letter and go to their grave and read it to them and cry and kiss their soul and tell them that you'll see them on the other side. And then go live your life. And those waves are still going to come. And there's still going to be pain. And there's still going to be sorrow. But you go and live your life and live it well. And make them proud. And I think that's all I've got for tonight. So, Echo. Yes. Go ahead. Well. Yeah, like something like that um, is like it, it doesn't always have to be like with you know losing a child, it can be losing anyone, yeah, for sure. So, like, uh, my wife had a you know, she lost someone that she was close to, or whatever. So, even if you're not in the, or if you're in a situation where someone's close to you, like lost someone, it's good to keep like something like this in mind, you know, that, that it's gonna come and go, you know, because. Mm-hmm it's easy to be like oh yeah like oh yeah they're over it you know so it's kind of cool now mm-hmm. and then it comes back and you're like wait wait i thought you're over it no. kind of thing like you can't yep that's uh that. an unfortunate lesson i've learned is yeah. is just that yeah and you think and it's it's a really great description of what it feels like it feels like waves if you surf or you've been in the ocean and and you've been getting hit by waves and like there's nothing you can do when that yeah. wave hits you you're gonna do what that wave wants you to do for a little while yeah, yeah. and 
sometimes when it's bad, like you're going to get hit with wave, wave, wave. You can barely even tell. You come up for breath, you're getting hit again. Yeah. And that's what it feels like. It yeah. feels like. And and the other weird thing is you can be you can go from one extreme emotion to another in yeah. in a minute. Yeah. You can be laughing and that laughter can trigger uh thoughts that make you sad and you get hit with a wave. Yeah. And one thing and I think this is important is that you know you know when I've talked about like the the person that's in a turmoil in their heads in a cloud of like a storm cloud and no matter where they look they they just can't see. They don't see that there's a way out. And anyone that's standing on the outside can see like, no, come on, just walk over here. Just yeah. just get away from that storm cloud. You can do it. Yeah. But when they're standing in the middle, they don't even know which way to walk. So they just stand there and they just sit in the storm cloud and they think that they're never going to get out. And it's, yeah. the, it's the initial feeling after loss is like, oh, this isn't going to go away. Yeah. And what I'm telling you is it, it's going to. And there's a certain level of guilt of like, wait a second, how can I be not thinking about, I just didn't think about you know this person for five minutes, yeah, I'm, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, a, I'm horrible. It's like, no, you have to process this. Yeah. And no one wants you to dwell on this, no one. Yeah. They never want you to forget, but they don't want you to dwell as well. There's a dichotomy in that. And that, that's why, you know, obviously it's heartbreaking to, to uh, get that note, but Hopefully, you know that that recognition that those waves are going to subside eventually. There's st- you're still going to get hit with some of them, but they are, and it's okay that you're gonna that, that they're not going to be there. Yeah. <sighs> Rough. Yeah, man, for sure. But you know when I when I wrote Mikey and the Dragons. I, I have the you know the king dies yeah. right the king you, you don't know him but right. the king is dead yeah. and there are certain people you know I, I figured if if I, th- I actually thought to myself like well do I really want to talk about death right. and there's also there's a couple lines where the dragons want to kill you you know the dragons want to kill right yeah. there's a couple times where I was thinking well do I you know this is a kids book but here's the deal there's little kids that parents dies that grandparents die i mean those the death is a real death is a hundred percent part of life mm-hmm. and you got to learn you got to learn how to deal with that yeah or else there's going to be a you know and i'm not saying you got to dive into it with a little kid right but you have to at least they have to hear the word they have to understand that that's a reality yeah so yeah that's good <laughs> my i had this video it was like yesterday or the day before that my wife took him, my son he had a uh, mm-hmm. dragon costume on he's two mm-hmm. by the way <laughs> and he's like oh i'm gonna go kill daddy i was like whoa kill like mm-hmm. where did he even kind of and it's the reason i bring that up because the dragons that are ready to kill right yeah, that's, yeah. That's, yeah that's from that's the line. mike is in the, mike in the dragon because that's kind of how you feel you know even though you don't know as a kid however old whatever mm-hmm. you don't know what the magnitude of that is but yeah. you know you know like well what yeah. are you scared of whatever the unknown sure you're but you're scared of the monster in the closet why are you scared of him not because he's gonna bore you to death with bad jokes or something he's gonna kill you yeah. that's what you're scared yeah. of you know yeah. kind of thing as even if you're six years old kind of thing so yeah man make makes sense for sure and and even think about you kill a bug right yeah like a little kid they kill a bug 
they're eating a chicken. That chicken was alive, and now it's dead. You're eating it, right? Yeah. The death is a real thing. Yeah. And you have to you have to you have to deal with it. You know? And like I said, we don't have a great protocol. And I know we talk, we joked about making a protocol for breaking up with a girlfriend. Yeah, a little uh, bit more lighthearted for sure, yeah, but it's, this, it's something. But, but I'll yeah. tell you what, hey, you talk about lighthearted breaking up with a girlfriend, think about the tragic situations you've seen unfold from somebody breaking up with their girlfriend, with their girlfriend. or breaking up with their boyfriend. Yeah, it's, 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 it's horrible. Yeah. And there should be a protocol. Yeah. And there should be a protocol for, hey, lost a loved one, here's the protocol. Here's what I'm going to do. And you know what? Part of that protocol should be you write a letter to that person and you explain what I just said. That is a real, uh, that that will clear a lot out of you. It will bring you in touch with that person again. It'll give you permission from them yeah. to, to go and do what you're supposed to do. You have to. Yeah. They want that. You know they want that. Yeah, because I'm like, it kind of feels like, hey, I'm gonna go. I don't know. I'm gonna go. I don't know. Back to school or something like that. It's kind of like, whoa! How can you think about going back to school when you're, yeah. you know, when you, when this just happened, kind of thing. That's what you feel like, you know. Yeah. But yeah, on the other side, it's kind of like, no, yeah, you should, that would, that's, that's what they would want you to do, kind of thing. It doesn't feel like that. But when you kind of step back and be like, wait, it does kind of feel like that, yeah. you know, if you can see, just see fit to see it that way. Rough. Well, Rough. Yeah. To, to those out there, hey, um, stay strong. Yeah. Live your life. Cool. Well, we can talk about origin. You know, it is a rough transition. <laughs> that bear, is. bear with me. Well, with well we're talking about living and living well. Sure. We want to live well. Yeah. We want to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. So. Is jujitsu part of your life? That's a question you can ask yourself. <laughs> there's no way. There's no good way to do that. Transition. I know, bro. I know. I'm uh, just saying. Hey, okay. So look, hard. origin. Look, originmain.com. This is where you get your gi if you still need a gi or if you want a new gi. Go ahead, get it from Origin. It's the best. They're the best, and they're made in America. They're not necessarily the best because they're made You're in America. You're going for it, aren't you? They're great. <laughs> no, I'm telling. I'm reminding myself why I really like Origin geese because I just busted one out the other day. I was no, I was thinking you're really going for it. You're like, okay. When I, and I was thinking as you were doing that, I was like, hey, I'm sitting here telling people like, hey, sometimes you gotta, you know, you gotta move on. And we were literally having a hard time moving on <laughs> until I from just, just simply talking about yeah. this, talking about the loss of a loved one, and you're just like, okay, we're gonna move on. Well, and you just laughed. I've, no, no, no. I'm saying that in a positive way. Right. Like you got to. Yeah. Well, this situation, you know, you, you got me talking about jujitsu. You know, I just trained yesterday, so it's like, you know, you kind of get You're feeling the good mode. about that. One. I feel good about that one. It's true. Yes, which is what jujitsu does, by the way. Yeah, and that's that's another thing. It's like you got to move on. You got to You got. You're gonna go through a rough transition, but like you said, you got to look at your kid and be like, okay, we. You got to go back to school. But what about you know, what about my sister, what about my brother, what about grandma or whatever, whoever died? Yeah, <clears throat> that's part of life is death. And we got to move on. We're going to go. Yeah. And then they're going to reference Echo Charles. Transition, a rough transition to talking about jujitsu geese. Yeah. All right. But you well, see this? Hey, I'm smiling. Yeah, so yeah, I, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. a positive Ooh. thing. Yes. 
you're bringing me out. That the reason we started doing the 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 long extended support was to kind of decompress. <laughs> well, yeah. I remember there was some the, the first time I think it might have been uh, podcast number twelve. Mm-hmm. No, no, it wasn't. I don't know what podcast it was where I was like, I need a break. Oh yeah. I just need to like you need to talk for a little while about yeah, some, yeah, something that. stupid yeah. and lighthearted. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thanks for yeah. No, that's that's I a know, compliment. It no, it's not a compliment. Especially not at you the just time. To talk something, but that was the reason. Yeah, because there's no way to rough. Like, how do you transition? Yeah, and the other thing you don't want to do is just close on that note, turn off and leave. Yeah, yeah, that's just not cool. Yeah. So there's there's plenty of people that say thank you. Yeah. For going through the transition and then doing something a little more lighthearted at yeah. the end of the podcast. Yeah. So makes sense. I I support that, cool. and we carry on with the tradition. With the tradition. All right. The rough transition. I'm on board. <laughs> cool. So back uh, to jujitsu. Makes us feel okay. solid, good, good, solid. You know, trained yesterday. Thought about origin the whole time. Mm-hmm. Got after it. Nonetheless, if you want your gi or rash guard, go to originmain.com. They have some other cool stuff on there as well. Joggers, if you're into it. T-shirts, if you're into it. Supplements Mm -hmm. that you need to get into, and this is why. So, krill oil. Okay, joints, krill oil, super uh, krill is what it's called. Joint warfare. Discipline. Mm -hmm. Discipline go. Discipline go. Mulk. All right. Discipline, go. I'll tell you two minutes. No, I'll tell you 30 seconds. True. Discipline, cognitive and physical enhancer, drink, right? True. I really like it. I like the way it makes me feel. I, for a living, one of my jobs is to go sure. out and talk to companies and talk about leadership and get in the game and do podcasts. Like, I got to get, you know, mentally in the game. Yes. But going on talking to a company where I'm gonna be up, you know, on stage for two hours, mm-hmm. if I'm pounding some drink beforehand, guess what's gonna happen? You know, 48 minutes in, <laughs> I gotta use the restroom. I don't like <laughs> to use the restroom. That's a sign of weakness. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> so I talked to Pete Brian. I was like, hey, we need to take what's in discipline and put it in a pill so I could just eat it. Yeah, and and don't have to use the restroom forty eight minutes after I start talking to a company. That's yeah. where Discipline Go came from, and it's awesome. Yeah. So, and not to mention, you don't gotta do the whole, which I don't mind, by the way. I do like the ritual, oh, but the whole, you know, you gotta put in the water in the mix yeah, and the whatever, yeah. you know, all that stuff. You just if you're on the go, there yeah, you go. Yeah, there you go. That's why Discipline Go. Yeah. And and we actually speaking of mixing, we are gonna we have a we have Discipline in a can coming out. Yeah. Which you won't have to mix. Yeah. You'll just crack it open. Crack it open, man. That's good. Kind of and then Malk, of course, if you need additional protein, this is the way to get it. Best way to get it. Most pleasurable. <laughs> the, the most delicious way to get delicious it. Delicious way to get it. In chocolate. Mm, I think a ribeye is a, is an equally delicious. Although it's different. Because I'm telling it's you, different. this this makes me mad when I'm on the road mm-hmm. and I go get a nice ribeye and I'm totally happy, but I'm not. I'm not, I'm not totally happy. I'm really. I'm 96 percent happy, sure. but I want yeah, something. 96. I want a little. Yeah, at the end, yeah. a little. You yeah, know, you just to right. kind of close the deal yes. on my palate. And I want <laughs> yep. something tasty. Yeah. What do they call it? Savory. 
My wife no, uses savory, that Savory, that's like salty, right? Oh, what's, oh I like some sweet then. Sweet. Yeah, yeah I sweet have the savory ribeye. Yeah. And then I want to close the deal with a little bit of... Right. A little the bit close of milk. So, don't... Well, if you were like, hey, I want some additional protein, you don't go ribeye because ribeye, you get additional protein, additional whatever else nutrients in there, mm-hmm. which is cool. But if you just want additional protein, more isolated, mm-hmm. we'll say. Yeah. Boom, get the milk. Plus the sweet, uh, pleasurable the palate taste. Will be, and, and if Delicious. you got kids, and it's hard. Look, we got a problem in America. I'll just throw it out there. We got mm-hmm. kids that are just not eating correct. They're out of shape. Yeah. So, so what do you do? Well, what you want to get them something that tastes good to eat. What tastes good to eat? Candy bars. Yeah. What else tastes good to eat? Ice cream. What else tastes good to eat? Cheetos. Yeah. Guess what? Those are all bad for you. Mm-hmm. Guess what else tastes good to eat? Warrior Kid Mulk. Oh yeah, <laughs> Warrior Kid Mulk. Mm-hmm. To drink? Would you say? Would you say eat? Drink? Yeah, it's to drink. To but drink, I mean, yeah. if you mix it thick, you got yourself a little chomp it on that. Yeah, put some, it's basically food. <laughs> put some coconut shards in there. Yeah. Right. See, oh, you didn't think about yeah, that one. You like that one? I like that one. All coconut right. well, shards. There you go. Warrior Kid Mulk. Also at Origin Maine. Dot com, by the way, that's all this stuff. All this stuff is at originmain.com. But we do have a store. We have a store, Jocko Store. JockoStore.com. If you want to represent the path, wear some shirts more indicative directly to the path. Mm-hmm. JockoStore.com. Get after it. Discipline equals freedom. I was at 24 Hour Fitness. I go there to lift sometimes, mm-hmm. maybe once, twice a week. Mm-hmm. Trainer there. In the game. Happens to be in the game. Yep. Found out his name's Justin, by the way. Firefighter up in San Bernardino. Check. He lifts up his train. You know, you have the trainer shirt on. He lifts it up. Get after it. Nice. Puts it down. Rash guard. And he goes, Good evening. (laughs) Uh, The shirt. Check. Yeah, yeah. There's sometimes people want to represent in a more covert covert way. Yeah. Or he, I mean, no, no, what I'm saying is Defcore. Oh yeah, that's, like, that's if you want to see a, a, a sub a subtle way, mm-hmm. this this shirt that I'm wearing right now can yeah. only be be can only be PID'd positively identified mm-hmm. by someone that's completely in the game. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah and you, true. yeah, as you wear it, you're like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I no reason to. Yeah, it's a, it's a new I got level. No reason, I got no reason to tell anybody what's up. I know what's up. Yeah, Defcore, check. Plus, also, plus truckers hats, yes, or uh, the other kind of hats. Flex fit, go oh, yeah. Flex fit, yeah. Equal, equal. Don't don't discriminate against the flex fit. They're equal. Also, hoodies, some beanies on there, some women's stuff on there. It's really good. Yeah, if you want to represent JockoStore.com, some good stuff on there. Mm-hmm. Also, Jocko White Tea, mm-hmm. yeah. Just having some yeah. right now in the can, preferred by me. But if you like to seep. Is it seep or steep? I know I like steep. Steep. Yeah. We're sure about that. Yes. Is seep a word? Seeping. Yeah, like, like something, yeah, something seeping, seeped out like of Like leaking. The, yeah. Yeah. So we're not leaking. We're steeping. No, steep. Yeah. Steep. Like a steep hill. There's yeah. Multiple meanings. Same, same word. <laughs> Nonetheless, if you like to steep the, uh, what do you call it, the dry, the bags. I don't know yeah. the terminology, but the tea bag. it's good. Tea bag in, yeah. the, in the deal. Yeah, cold, hot, whatever. Anyway, and you deadlift 8,000 pounds. Yeah, it's true. I know I just added that as like a little thing, but it's a big deal. 
also subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play and wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of options yeah. out there. People will email you. me. I don't know how they <clears throat> get my email of their new podcast app. They say, hey, put your podcast on our app. Doesn't that happen automatically? Some. Yeah. Oh, okay. Some. Apparently. I, here's the thing. I don't know. Evidently not because they're asking me to, to do it. And don't forget about the Warrior Kid podcast of which we just released a couple more. 20 and 21 are live. Mm. Here are some questions for Uncle Jake. And here's some stories from Uncle Jake. Him explaining how he got his values in life through stories. Also got YouTube. Don't forget about YouTube. Sure. YouTube is where you can see this video of this podcast. And then you can see cool videos from Echo Charles that he makes on his computer thing. (laughs) And you can check his style and give him feedback if he went too far. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think there's there's some videos that violate good taste. Well there's only one really. Well a couple. It is Christmas. Don't Christmas is coming up. I'm gonna <laughs> re-release. I'm gonna repost it. I'm gonna remind everyone yeah. that is you can still, still. Is that still live? Oh, it's live. Been yeah. live. In fact, people have been contacting me. Say they appreciate Where's it. Where's that Warpath? It's the Warpath. Is it called a Warpath no, Christmas it's, video? It's called Warpath. You need to indicate. What's the other one called? Revised. Maybe. Because then you made a good one. A one without. We'll Christmas just say music. one with different uh, music, <sighs> some slight variation. Anyway, thanks, bro. For you know, saying that, Check. nonetheless, uh, that well, that song is right up there with your podcast table. Noted. Just saying, just Anyways. saying. And then there's psychological warfare, which is an album with tracks, and it. it'll kind of help you get through some rough moments of weakness. More than kind of, help you a lot. Hundred percent proven wow. by Echo, yep. who's has some moments of weakness. I have moments of weakness for and sure. He overcomes them. Yeah, especially with the stuff you're talking about. I mean. Yeah, not so much with the eating donuts thing, but like waking up or mm. getting up. Like, you know, that's a, I have a deep history waking <laughs> up. If I don't have to wake up for something specific, like, you know how you'll be like, hey, I got to get up because I got to. I know. can't even remember what it's like to have my eyes open up in the morning and not feel the the fire of yeah. just like, not. I'm not talking, I'm not talking like, I'm not trying to say I wake up in the morning, I have this internal fire i'm talking right. about the heat from external sources of things i gotta do right now. Yeah, yeah yeah so i'm yeah. glad that you the connoisseur of comfort echo charles yes often wake up and yeah. say hmm yeah so you hey, know all is good Boy. aloha world <laughs> <laughs> well thanks for helping me how about that and skipping workouts too thanks for helping me with that not skipping postponing Mm. That's the problem. Postponing workouts. Yeah, that's skipping a workout. Skipping. No, that's a psycho thing. I'm just going to I'm just going to not do it. If you don't do a workout, it doesn't get postponed. It just got skipped. No, but no, well, yeah, no, it does get postponed cuz look, if I'm going to do X movement this you know, if I'm going to do the, you know, and I'm going to run does or it happen the do, same day? No. Okay, then then you lost it. It's <laughs> yeah, gone. Yeah, can't get it back. Okay, I get it. Actually, you're right cuz look, uh, my workout goes day 1, day 2, day 3, day 4, day 5. Like in days, it, it's by day is what I'm saying. So if I skip, we're going to make a book of your workout. How's that? Yeah. 
I have I have all the every I have I made it a long time ago. I used to give In it to my friends. The name of the book is going to be How to Get Jacked with seven A's right. in the jacked. All right. Who's not going to buy that? How uh, to Get Jacked by Echo Charles? Nobody. Everyone's going to buy it. Apparently, it's nonetheless kettlebell curls. Back to barbell <laughs> curls, sandbag curls. If you do day two on day three, you skip day two. For sure. You went to day three just because you reformulated the movements on day three doesn't doesn't negate the fact that you skipped it. No skipping workouts. No skipping workouts. You won't do it anymore. Psychological warfare. Also, speaking of workouts, improve, vary up your workout with on it stuff. Go to onit.com slash jock. Get their kettlebells. It was on the yes, day before yesterday. No, yesterday. Got some socks and some other cool items. I need a rope, though. Get one. I will. And if you're getting things, get a book called Mikey and the Dragons. How is it being reviewed in your fam? Reviewed? Yeah, I mean, what's this? What's the? Oh, like, is it good? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what my daughter th- uses... Uh, lines from my kid uh, in the dragon. Yeah, Jamie just sent me a video of her daughter getting ready to go get a shot. I saw that. Yeah, I, oh. I watched that video with my daughter too. Oh, she, okay. We both enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm talking about she's gonna be brave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, she says I'm gonna be pretty brave. <laughs> I thought that, <laughs> no, was, that goes, was pretty cute. No, she goes. I was scared last time, but but I'm this time I'm gonna be brave. Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) But she's there. I mean, I forget how old she is, but she's talking about Mikey and the Dragons. Like, you can understand this. You can understand that how you can overcome your fears. Mikey and the Dragons. Sorry it was out of stock, but we in stock now, boy. We got plenty of stock. So order one for you. Order one for be like Sarah and order 10. Be like Andrew Paul and order 20. Yeah. I, I think it was Sarah was making fun of my math. The, the Jocko math is like, oh, Andrew's going to order one. Sarah's going to order one. Echo will order one. When mm-hmm. it's really like, oh, Sarah's going to order 10. <laughs> you wonder why we went out of stock. Yeah. Anyways, Sarah. we are fully in stock now. We will not be out of stock again. So Mikey and the Dragons, get some. And Way the Warrior Kid, both Way the Warrior Kid 1 and 2. Number 2 is called Mark's Mission. Number 3 is coming out in the spring. I will get it up for pre-order. And believe me, I understand now why we pre-order books. Yeah, <laughs> I cool. kind of made that mistake with Mike and the Dragons. You all please pre-order when I put it up so that I know how many I'm going to print or at least a decent estimate. And I'll I'll take Sarah's order and multiply it times 10. Yeah. I'll set aside 10 for her and 20 for Andrew Paul and everybody else that ordered stacks of those books. So appreciate it. Discipline equals freedom field manual. How to get after it. Yep. New Year's. Everyone's on their big rev. Was it resolution? Resolution? <laughs> revolution? <laughs> Both. Yes. Let's do a New Year's revolution. Sure. Yeah. Impose the discipline, because you can't just say, "Well, tomorrow I'm gonna." You know, on January first, I'm gonna change it. No. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Between now and then, I'm gonna keep slacking yeah. or whatever. That's kind of what you're saying. That is That's what a you're long saying. Way of slacking too. Yeah. You could just get in the game right now. Um, extreme ownership, obviously reference that a bunch today and get the dichotomy of leadership so that you don't just get one perspective and forget about the dichotomy you need the dichotomy in your world as a leader echelon front that's my leadership consultancy we solve problems through leadership we will come into your company assess and align your team so that they dominate go to echelonfront.com for details yes also the muster. Mm. 2019. Musters, I will say. 
2019, Chicago, Denver, and Sydney, Australia. Jocko will be at all of them. <laughs> yes, Imagine I will. That. I will. I will be live, and I will be getting. And they've all sold out. So if you're thinking, well, you know, I'll just I'll wait and see. Yeah. Yeah. Don't wait and see. <laughs> it didn't work out. We are doing a podcast live, live podcast in New York City, January 9th. I will post the tickets as soon as they're available. If you haven't seen them yet, check my. What is it? Social media platforms. Sure. In- Instagram. Yeah, Insta. Twitter. Twitter. Facebook. <laughs> so yep. you set that date aside. It's a Wednesday night. It's in New York City. It's in a nice cinema or nice theater. Theater. Yeah, with, like a- with, it has the red velvet seats, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, indicative. Now, of you know, sometimes people will say, like, did you ever think you'd be a children's author? Yeah. Or they'll say, like, hey, did you ever think you'd be. You know, speaking to groups, and I'm always like, uh, whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I like maybe mm-hmm. I like writing, but if they said, "Hey, would you ever think you're going to be speaking in a symphony hall with red velvet seats?" I'd in say, New York City. No, maybe not. <laughs> but anyways, it. but I am, and so are you. There you go. Whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Here's something new: EF Online. EF Online. So uh, I guess I have to explain a little bit. We have the muster. We have the echelon front where we go and work with companies. At the muster, you travel and you go, and it is a pretty high price point. Mm-hmm. Some companies have a lot of people. Some people have smaller budgets. As we recognize, some companies asked us, hey, we want you to train everyone in our company. We have 150,000 employees. <laughs> And they're located, dispersed around the globe. Mm. Can you get that done for us? This is one of those things where it's like, uh, no, <laughs> we, I can't. We can't get to 150,000 people in a in a in a short enough period of time that it has the impact we want to deliver. So with all that, how do we overcome this barrier? We go to technology. So we've created an online leadership training course. It's called EF Online. It's going to be available. Through direct consumer, if somebody will just want, like for instance, let's say you can't go to the muster for whatever reason, mm-hmm. this is a virtual, virtual. I guess it's a virtual muster. Yeah, uh, or it's it's a it's a similar a simulation. That's not like um, yeah, that's what it is. It, that, the original yeah. idea for me was, uh, uh, you go to the muster without having to go. Right, you get that information, yeah. you get that interactivity, without actually having to go to the muster. So there you go, EF Online, and we made it for individuals. We also have it for enterprise, so we're, we're now getting it. We already have it with our clients. They're stoked on it. And so EFOnline.com, it's going to be available to the masses New Year's Day, January 1st, 2019. And, of course, there's EF Overwatch where we are connecting proven leaders from spec ops and combat aviation Two companies in the civilian sector that need combat-proven and tested leaders, experienced leaders, to come in into their organization with the principles of extreme ownership, with the principles of the dichotomy of leadership, and helping them lead and win. That's EFOverwatch.com. Whether you're a talent seeker or a career seeker, we are there for you. And if you want to continue communicating with us, 
we can be found and we can be communicated with on the interwebs on Twitter on Instagram and on dash <laughs> echoes at echo Charles and I am at Jocko Willink and finally thanks to all our folks out there in uniform that includes, of course, our military that protects us from foreign threats. And here at home, our police and law enforcement, firefighters, paramedics and EMTs, correctional officers, border patrol, and all other first responders that keep us safe from evildoers. And sometimes they keep us safe from the wrath of nature itself and everyone else out there. Life can be hard and one of the hardest things that life can put you through is death death of someone you care about and when that happens it is a reminder to all of us that the clock is ticking every day and every day that we have here is precious so when death visits upon your life and tries to rip you apart and drown you in those waves of sorrow, don't let it. Drive on. Drive on and live on for those that you have lost and live your life to the utmost by getting out there every day and getting after it. And until next time, this is Echo and Jocko, out.